Hello and welcome to the Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network, brought to you by Campbell's new chunky spicy soup. It's time to get fired up. Trust me, I'm, I'm very fired up uh, because the Raptors won twice, obviously. Uh, make sure the Raptor Show, you find the Raptor Show where we listen to podcasts, subscribe, and please rate and review the program. I'm your host, William Lou. Once again, Blake Murphy is on a well, well-earned break. I think I just saw his calves somewhere in the Dominican Republic. So, Blake, I hope you are having fun. I hope you're reading books, uh, you know, making friends with stray dogs, um, putting on some sunscreen, just enjoying the time off. So he'll be away for another two weeks. In the meantime, continue to have a rotating cast of friends in the industry who are helping to join us. So today we have none other than Lindsay Dunn, who really is everywhere. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Of course. I'm going to be here for the next couple of days, so I thought I'd make myself at home. So I brought stuff for my side of the desk. Oh. Chris Weber, Bobblehead oh All-Star. I brought my own mug. Wow. Done Family Reunion, 1987. Okay. And I don't drink coffee, so I needed to bring some energy. And nice. nice. So get ready for this. Yeah. The party has started, my friend. Uh, for, for, the, for the podcast audience who just yeah. heard a, a can cracking, it, it, I assure you it's a Coke. It's, it's, <laughs> it's not alcohol, but it might as well be. Um, but can I quickly already interrupt you? And I need go ahead. everyone who is watching or listening, something happened before we went live. You were kissing your jersey. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah come yeah. on. Just get into oh, it. Oh, thank Ooh. you. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, put the ISO camera on me, please. A uh, big <laughs> event took place over the weekend, and I'm not talking about Raptors beating the Hawks. I'm talking... Liverpool defeating Chelsea in the Carabao Cup. All right, don't ask me what Carabao is. It's an energy drink. Um, but it's the biggest competition in the world. They won it, uh, what, basically a game winner, essentially. There's like one minute left in the game. You don't, you don't just walk off kind of deal. But Virgil van Dijk, the captain with the header, 1-0 victory, you know, close to my heart. So, yeah, uh, that's, that's, that's the promotion that I have for this. Derek, yeah. do not play the drop, man. All right. but uh, Yeah, I've just good. never seen someone kiss their jersey before. Oh, you never seen like. Like, no. No, you no. never see them kiss a badge? It's no. a badge. Yeah, sorry, no. It's that's... a Liverpool badge. Yeah, know, no. It's like a phoenix or something. Okay. <laughs> and when you score, you kiss it, and then you, like, tap your heart. It's, like, right over so your... So you scored, and that's why you kissed it? Um... I'm grilling you. I'm roasting you. <laughs> well, my favorite team scored in a great way. And, uh, yeah, you know, it's just one of four trophies to, to collect this year. You know, no big deal, you know. Just adds to some of my favorite moments that I've experienced with you. And I'm wondering if I can get right into a moment that happened with you in Maasai just a couple oh. weeks ago that we haven't had the chance to share with anyone. Great. Yes, yeah? yes. Uh, like I, lo I love stories about me and the Raptors team president and uh, vice chairman of the whole entire organization. Yeah, what, yeah what happened it was with me lovely. So... We, uh, you, uh, me, I think there was two other people in the media room at OVO a couple weeks ago. We were sitting there waiting for the practice to end so that we could go in, talk to whoever we wanted. Mm. Masai pops his head in and he points and like says hi to everyone, points at Will. He's like, all I ever see from you is you talking S-H-I-T on TV. And I like, my eyes go huge. I'm trying not to laugh. This is I, shame. I look over at him and like... Looks like a full-on sweat is breaking oh, out. And man. I'm, like, trying to hold my laughter, yeah. but I don't. I'm laughing. I'm uh -huh. like, this is amazing. This uh -huh. is the soap opera I want. This is the Real Housewives of Toronto Raptors going mm. on. Then what happens next is yeah, what happens you next? were, like, I feel, like, full-on sweating, and it was amazing. You I know, was like, flustered. It was, like, when I, in the anime when, like, the main character is, like, <laughs> really worried and like a single bead <laughs> yeah. of sweat falls down with like a little yeah anyway yeah, yeah. so i'm being the great supportive friend that i am i'm yeah. laughing like yeah he does yeah, yeah he yeah. does <laughs> so what he does next is like oh yeah no uh hi uh i really like your coat masai he tells him he likes <laughs> his coat uh, but then it does 
doesn't end there. It does no, not end, end there. What no. does he say next? He's like, uh, yo, Masai, I'm dating a uh, girl from Nigeria. I almost had a walk out of the room. I told he's him I'll make jollof rice yeah. at home. Yeah, He's yeah, just trying yeah. to, like, get back into the good graces, and I, like, see you trying to get in there, and I'm, like, basically crying at this point. No, it was, <laughs> it was, it was great. It was amazing. We should get ramen, the three of us. We should get ramen, the three of us. We should get jollof, the three of us, Masai. You know, honestly, like, I will, I will make you a pot. But, like, um... What did I say? I don't have his number. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Ask Bobby for it. Actually, he doesn't have my number either. Uh, he does. But um, <laughs> How did you feel in that moment, my friend? No, nah, it, was, it was... First off, I'm happy you brought this up because I, I think people are going to delight in this. And that's the whole point of this show is for people to delight in, in these, like, you know, moments of, okay, the season's not going well, you know, some, some, you know but, like, people are still people and people are still doing their jobs. So we chat, we chatted. It was it was a real like friendly thing. Yeah, yeah. It was lighthearted. And then I was like, I got to get him back somehow. So I'm like, yo, Masai, you know, like, how'd you enjoy your weekend? You know, um, you know, uh, Nigeria lost in the African Cup of Nations. <laughs> it was uh, they lost two one. They were up one nil over Cote d'Ivoire, but then gave up two goals. And then we were talking about that a little bit more. And uh, yeah, and then he's like, you know, enjoy the rebuild, guys. <laughs> and then he left. So it was- hard. <laughs> Amazing, but I think there might be a part two to this mm. that you were teasing to me. There is a part two to this. So this is one. This one you weren't even there for. But uh, <clears throat> since I, I'm such an avid goer to practice, <laughs> it's, it's mostly because I live in the West End, so it's actually really convenient for me to go to practice. <laughs> so I was the next time I went out of practice. That's actually when I uh, interviewed Garrett Temple, which we played on the show last week. Shouts to Garrett. So um, as always, since I live close enough to Scotiabank or uh, to OVO. I just hop on my electric scooter and I scoot my way there. Now, typically this is not a problem. I actually really enjoy scooting. There's nothing wrong with it. You know, it's, uh, you know, you're saving the environment, you know. You get you know, places faster. Green. You're not sitting in traffic. Yeah. I, I weave in and out of traffic. Hair. Yeah. You know, I'm breaking all the traffic laws yeah. as I go on the street, <laughs> uh, the, the, the sidewalk and, and whatever. And I pull up to the arena or to, 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 to OVO. And as soon as I pull in and the bike racks where I was going to lock it up was like right in front of the entrance, I see like a black Suburban pull up. And I'm like, oh, man, who is in that black no. Suburban? I really hope it's not uh, someone who has a personal driver. And then, boom, my side pops <laughs> right out of that car. And he looks at me and I look at him and I'm like, oh, and he's like, is that what you're riding? <laughs> <laughs> oh, shade. Uh, so he's like, he's looking oh. at the electric scooter. And then I was like, okay. This is shame. <laughs> and then... Um, this is gold. Masai goes to, like, open the front door. And I was like, oh, thank God he's gone. And I look back, and I'm just fumbling through my bag for my bike lock, you know. Again, you can't be too safe in Toronto. you really got to lock, lock up your bikes. Um, <laughs> I look back, and Masai's been holding this door for, like, a solid 30 seconds while I fumble through the lock and everything. Are you just trying to get in his bad books at this point? No, no, no. And then, and then finally, <laughs> I'm like, oh, thanks, Masai. And he's like, man, it took you long enough, man. He's like, he's like, we're in the middle of nowhere. You don't have to lock this thing up. And I told him, you don't know Toronto. You got to lock yeah, up your bike. Because I'm going to take it. Honestly, it's upstairs, you know. But, uh, yeah, these are, these are the interactions that, you know, your it was favorite amazing. Raptors podcaster has with uh, literally the team president. That's okay. I yeah. saw him at All-Star Game. And in general, I think you know, and a lot of people know, I'm kind yeah. of, really awkward i embrace it it's just who i am and yeah. i'm also really shy so i like kind of did this like quick little wave and then i ran away from it why did you run <laughs> it's like oh that's so many poor people words, why are you running yeah. yeah why are you running yeah. but just seeing 
your face when he said that to you was probably the highlight of the Raptors season for me. Mm. So thank yeah. you for gifting me with that. Yeah. Well, you know, thank you to to Masai. You know, thank we, you, we Masai. built a real we built the real banter and rapport this year. You just uh, it's it's usually one way, but it's I, okay. You I know. brought you a gift, though. What? Oh, really? Okay, so, I thought the Chris Webber... Um, no, you you cannot have that. No way. Uh, okay, that's, first off, that doesn't even look like Chris Webber, but that's secondary. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty awful, but C-Web for life. Mm. Big fan. Um, I was in Indiana for the All-Star Game. Yeah. So, thank you for having me on this week. I got oh. you this scarf that absolutely was not what? free. Wow. It was not free in a media free. swag bag. Oh, but, wow. Ooh. Yeah. Look so, feel free to kiss it when... Uh, the, Pacers or Raptors score? I have no idea. Yeah. Well, you know, scarves are a big part of uh, soccer as well. You know, they hold yeah, up yeah. the scarves. So I'll see You'll never you walk alone tomorrow. Liverpool, you know. Uh, uh, uh. Yeah. 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 I don't know if I'll do that for the Pacers, but I I, I appreciate the scarf. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. 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 So, Which, were they giving them away to every media member? Absolutely, or they were. Okay, good. I am going to say everyone got one. I don't know if they didn't. Maybe they'll be jealous because you mm. might have an exclusive piece of merchandise. Only seven people got. Just kidding. But it'll keep you warm when you're scooting around. Oh, I will. Going by Maasai, <laughs> waving to the fans in the streets of Toronto. Next time I see a black Suburban, I'm, I'm veering <laughs> off the road, man. <laughs> you can give them, take uh. them for a lift. That's my guy. You know, actually, it's actually it has been fun this year just to like build a little more rapport with these people. You know, oh, like yeah. same with Bobby. Like I just like walk up and chill with Bobby sometimes. You know. It's, okay, it's no good. big deal. He no, walks no, up no. and chills with Bobby. It's 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 good. You gotta establish relationships with the people you work with, not for with. Yeah, but uh, I I yeah. Mm. I don't know. I really wish I didn't pull up at that exact moment. That I'm so up. glad you did. Everyone listening or watching is glad you did. Masai uh, is glad that you did. It's just... He's like, this is the guy they got on TV asking if I got enough for Pascal Siakam. This is the man. Your <laughs> Uber Eats the delivery driver has arrived looking guy. Two stars. Two stars. Yeah, you give me two stars for sure. Anyway, uh, Raptors yes. got all three stars. In their 123 to 121 win over the Atlanta what? Hawks, um, that took place over the weekend. A couple of notes from this game as we transition to uh, the Raptors, and uh, less about my own embarrassment. But I'll keep uh, going all day on that, my friend. Oh, Dory, that's why you're here. Um, <laughs> no, no, people gotta knock me down a peg, honestly. Just but kidding, you're lovely. 37 assists by the team. Uh, Raptors winning that one. Close game at the end there. A uh, couple of big plays. Um, to secure the result. I think the big thing coming out of this is just Grady Dick is mm -hmm. really finding his rhythm. He had 18 points off the bench in this win. He got, I believe, my third star for the game. Just some stats, um, 9.3 points per game since he returned from his last 905 stint, 50% shooting from the field, 43% from three. Lindsay, I wanted to ask you, what is behind Grady Dick's uh, sudden growth? Us. It's uh, absolutely oh, okay. us. Okay. <laughs> All right, we're back to this. All right, no, let's no, go. I think a big part of it was the conditioning he did with the 905. I saw okay. the stints that he had with them. They were working really uh, hard on, you know, him being more aggressive, whether it be offensive or defensively. And his shot is finally starting to drop, which I think everybody's talking about. You're throwing those stats out there. And that he just seems more comfortable. I'm pretty sure Darko even said that. It looks like Grady is more comfortable. Like, mm -hmm. at the beginning, I think, you know, he got that run. Yeah. Which scared everyone they're like what was this pick what is happening here and then he went to the 905 the beginning wasn't the best showing for him we all know that yeah. it was highly documented but there's a lot of questions of like hey yo did you figure out how to shoot yeah yeah did yeah. someone change your shot you know like which is uh, the subtext is 
why can't you make shots the one thing you were built to do? Um, so, yeah, sorry, keep going. Yeah, and he said there just was a bit of an adjustment with the shot going from college ball to the NBA, and maybe he didn't, you know, catch on as fast as people thought that he would, but he went, he conditioned, he took more shots, he was more aggressive, and you're really seeing that now kind of translate to the NBA game because we see it sometimes all the time. There'll be players in the G League where their game does not translate to mm. an actual NBA, you know, game, but it's yeah. been great, and we're seeing it from Grady, and I think a lot of people are happy and toning down on all of the hate that he's getting, but that's clearly a huge part. I think his G League stint was a big part of it, mm. and then he's just feeling so much more comfortable. Yeah, I'm so happy for him because I think, especially for a rookie, right, you want to look back on your first season, and it's it's a whirlwind no matter what, right, and you know, you want to be able to hold on to something and say, this was the part that I was able to show, and this is the part that's going to validate me and give me that confidence to keep working and also to build off of that. And I think the last 15 games here since he's come back, he has really looked exactly like the type of player that people were expecting. I mean, if he did this at the start of the season, right, I, th I think there's none of these other conversations or concerns. Um, but look, it's not necessarily about when he does it. It's just about if he gets that sort of run of form. And yeah, I mean, he's he's really shooting the ball really well. We're seeing him move, cut, yeah. get into the mid-range, change up his uh, you know, varieties. Mm. Yeah, and you know, he's 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 been good in the corners. We've seen a couple games, for example, there's one against Philadelphia where he made like four corner threes. But it's like, can you extend your range to the top of the floor? Are you able to shoot off of movement? Are you able to catch a shoot in transition? He's thrown more and more of that. And it's been one of the best parts of watching these last couple of games here with the Raptors in the season. And there's still 25 more games somehow. But like, uh, you you are looking to see the improvement from these young guys. And I'm so happy for Grady that he's found something that he can build off of. Like, I can't wait to see what he does against the Pacers tonight, mm -hmm. you know? So, I, I, you know, you obviously cover the 905 extensively as their sideline reporter. Um, what what did Grady look like when he went to the 905? Let's, let's be real about this. Sorry, Grady. Yeah. Now, I, everyone has seen the video. He looked a little nervous, uneasy with his first stint there. But, like, I he keep having, having to remember he is a rookie. There are mm -hmm. some rookies that, you know, they immediately dominate on all levels. That wasn't the sure. case for yeah. Grady. He did yeah. not look like he was comfortable. His shot was a little bit shaky. He didn't switch it. It just didn't seem like he was jiving with either system. It is the same system from the mm -hmm. 905 or the Raptors. It just seemed uneasy. And then he wasn't being aggressive. He was definitely timid. But obviously any player that goes from the NBA to the G League, the G League players, they're going to go at you so much harder. Right. There's and a target on your back. There's a target on your yeah. back. And so it definitely shut him down the first couple of games he had there. He had pretty much no impact on the stat sheet or the game. Mm -hmm. Then that second stint, and he had a couple more NBA games. He was having more practices with the Raptors, working with more coaches. It was a totally different player, I thought. Okay. And it's just, you're, like you mentioned, it's great to see him excel. He has the talent. Mm -hmm. There's obviously a lot of work, and there's room for growth, which mm -hmm. is great. We all love that storyline of development in the Raptors. But his shot is just amazing. But defensively, I'd like, I want to know your thoughts maybe on how do you feel that he's been defensively. Uh, look, I, I like the fact that he leads the Raptors team in charges. I think mm -hmm. he's at five um, for the team lead. But um, teams definitely go at him to a certain degree. I like that he scraps it and competes. He doesn't really take plays off. Sometimes you'll definitely see there's like a strength disadvantage for him. And that's why there's been so much focus this year for him, even in season in terms of improving his conditioning and development. And again, this is why it's so good to have both like you know, the downs and the ups to sort of like inform you of sort of what to do with the time. Cause we might, we won't see the Raptors in the summertime 
outside of a couple of YouTube runs of like Rico Hines runs. <laughs> but like what you need to understand is like they're working all throughout the summer and they need some guidance and some like touch points to get to. And I think conditioning and improved strength is a big thing. And, and that's something that they talked about at practice uh, when they practiced at Butler University over the weekend. So um, Grady talking about himself and also Darko talking about his conditioning of late. And then, of course, there's always that transition for any rookie to get more physical, um, to match like an NBA player's type body. Um, how have you felt like your strength and conditioning has translated to just being maybe a little bit more steady on the court? Or has you, have you noticed any significant difference with that? Of course. I think Johnny, you know, in the weight room is, you know, really, you know, improved me you know, tremendously. And just the way I feel and, you know, my core strength to, you know, be in a defensive stance for, um, the whole time that I'm in and, you know, take contact and not always just, you know, fall right over um, and, you know, just hold my ground in a way. And, um, you know, I'm 20 years old, so I feel like I always have room to grow and um, get bigger and stronger and, you know, faster. So it's, it's one of those things where I just got to come in every day and be consistent with my work and just improve and, and not stay the same. Just try to upgrade any chance I get. And then that actually leads me to my last question, I promise. Um, Coach Darko has pointed it out. Uh, you know, he's very happy with your offense as it's been clicking, of course. But defensively, he's, he's pointed out some, maybe some gaps, if you want to call it that. Where have you noticed that, you know, you want to improve the most defensively? Um, just being, you know, in the right position, you know, having the knowledge. And, um, you know, I feel like you can always get better at getting bigger, faster, stronger, like I said. And um, when, when you do that and be consistent in the weight room, then you're just going to feel a lot better. You know, I, feel, I already feel a lot better, you know, from the start of the season of being out there and, you know, guarding different guys and, you know, being quicker to beat them to the spots and whatnot. You know, try to uh, draw charges, um, whatever can really help the defense or the team. So it's, it's one of those things where... You know, I feel like you just get better with, you know, my body and it helps me be out there and be prepared. Okay, so this is a question that I've asked Grady as well at one of those aforementioned practices where Masai roasted me. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, you know, what exactly did he do with the 905 um, in terms of the conditioning? Even something like that where it's like he could have done that here with the Raptors as well. But, I mean, I think you were up closer to the situation. Like, was there anything noticeably different? Like, did he go down to 905 with a specific assignment? of like get more of this in i think well the one thing is obviously he got way more minutes significantly okay. more minutes right. another thing he looked like he worked on was his facial hair <laughs> i i'm sorry i have to bring that up i i thought he was team smooth yeah that may borderline i will we'll leave it someone can go comment on that i don't hey. know what's happening but hey for Shout real out Gillette, <laughs> he just got so much more minutes mm -hmm. i know that they were trying to get him to be more physical get more runs but yeah. Other than that, there was so much of it behind closed doors that we never got access to, but a lot of it he meant like core strength, and that was a big part of that assignment that he had, and he's spoken about multiple times. But yeah. it is nice to see something actually pay off when they put in that work Absolutely. and it's getting there because we've seen so many players where nothing happens. Yeah, that we're number two on the team. Um, yeah, I th <laughs> I'm just really happy for Grady, um, and I think it's, it's showcasing the style of – well, first off, I think his style of play is going to be really adaptable to pretty much any team in the NBA nowadays. Yep. There's a lot of, like, shooting, movement, those kind of guys, like, who you can combine those two elements and they can get their shot off and actually shoot at a high volume. Not even, like, you know, to compare to, like, a Matt Thomas, for example. And this is obviously because they're both white shooters. But Matt Thomas, like, was too small to get his shot off. And so when he came into the game, he might give you, like, a every time he shoots a three, it's like a 50% shot, but he only takes two of them. You know what I mean? Like, you can see Grady gets in the game and he gets a variety of them. I think part of that is because he's bigger and he's taller, but he also hunts it in a, in a better way. Um, and so, yeah, I just think it fits Darko's 
style, his system, right? A lot of his buckets are assisted. He's not getting his own shot, yeah. which is good though, but it, it helps within the the flow of the, the, the team. The second unit I thought in particular against the, the Hawks was really, really good. So I don't know. I mean, they, they've, they've won two now, both against uh, teams that are chasing directly Let's in the standings. Let's get ready for the pizza party. <laughs> so I'm asking, like, are you, do you actually want this pizza party? Like, do yeah. you want the play in is, is, is the bigger question. Oh, but. hold on. A couple things. Oh, okay. Um, go ahead. One, if they win tonight, I am bringing pizza, and we will be eating oh, it yeah? with our chunky soup at the same time. Absolutely. It will be a delicious mixture of foods. I want sure. the pizza party. I want this to happen. But for Grady for a moment, mm-hmm. um, a storyline I was curious about with him, which is kind of away from the court, there was so much hype and pressure put around him at, what was he, like 13th pick? Yeah. He came out with this splash with his draft day suit, you know, mm-hmm. all of Canon loving him. And then there's that moment. He's in every ad, too. He's in every yeah. ad. And, like, mm-hmm. He's very active on social media and like sure, he's a yeah. different kind of following. Like he's got a podcast. He's got a podcast as yeah. a rookie that wasn't within the first ten picks. Like I, I told him that day, every white shooter gotta have a podcast. <laughs> I was there for that. I, I don't know. I and was he, on a different energy that you, day. You I don't know what on, was going on. I remember being like, he laughed. Ooh. He laughed. He laughed yeah. and then said, It's harder than it looks. I'm like, yeah, it is harder than it looks. Mm. Grady did. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh but at All-Star Game, mm-hmm. uh, Keisha from Windsor, Ontario. There was actually a lot of Canadians okay. that right. were... Sorry, Chris is agreeing. No, with he's, the he's just nodding. Yeah, he's like, like yeah, Such yeah, a good spitting. point you're going to make. I love this so much, Lindsay. Is She came up to me, and she was just talking about the Raptors. And it was like her and her family and a couple friends. And she goes to me, when did you know this season was a bust? I'm like, what? Because you know me. I'm annoyingly mm. optimistic. Like, are, I yeah. love setting my up for like a lunch bag let down and just all of the sadness following sports teams. I'm mm-hmm. like, what do you mean it's a bust? It's, it's part of the conceit. It really is. Yeah, you got to emotionally invest. Emotional <laughs> damage. Yes, that's, that's, that's the theme of the whole year. And so it's like, what do you mean it's a bust? And she said like the, so I threw mm-hmm. the question back at her. I'm like, well, when was it a bust for you? She's like, the first game of the season. I'm like, what? oh, they whoa, won. what? They beat the Timberwolves like, who turned out to be great. Like, and you, you didn't know about Darko and yeah, some yeah, of yeah. the other players coming in. Like I knew I was excited for this season the moment yeah, yeah. they signed Dennis Schroeder I'm like what are you oh. doing with this I knew from multiple teams that he's been on yeah. this guy is not good vibes it's bad guy vibes he doesn't have a history of being the most team player and I know he's a friend of wow. the show but I'll be honest Dennis like, Schroeder coming later this week hopefully <laughs> hi Dennis don't love you but anyways <laughs> right. I still believe because come on they're only yeah. 24 back of the first place in the east oh are we 24 only, games they're back they're only My four God. games back of Jeez. the play-in spot which is the Hawks which Trey Young yeah. is out for a while like mm. I can still believe mm. and hey when you look at last season with the play-in Miami Heat they lost the first game oh. then won the second game and they went to the finals this team can overachieve baby this, this is the Amy Otterberg friendship speaking yeah, no, this, this is called I like to believe in sometimes okay. things that are not All believable. Right. But, right. hey, if the Heat can do that, why can't the Raptors do it? They have a bunch of new faces. They do. So a lot of new I'm guys, just saying, sure. let the push begin. Okay. Finals bound, baby. Oh. Let's go. Okay, you know okay, what? I, don't I will love that nothing more <laughs> if the Raptors made a Heat culture style run. All right, but right now, they're four games back of Atlanta yeah. for the 10th spot. So yeah. then you would have to play on the road Playing uh, for, for what, baby? the right to then play in again you have to win two times on the road to sort of make it all the way into the playoff proper um they're four games back of Atlanta they're three and a half games back of Brooklyn I'm not as worried about Brooklyn if I'm trying to ascend the standings Brooklyn have you seen Brooklyn recently Dennis Schroeder's on the team oh come on that's not, the problems existed before and they will <laughs> I know kissing Brooklyn uh, there yikes you sweet <laughs> 
<laughs> nah, she's salty right now. Uh, I'm four, <laughs> four, yeah, four games back of Atlanta. I honestly, the Atlanta one. Trey, so the record is now six and nine without Trey in the lineup, I believe. But they did win over the weekend and actually mm-hmm. played really good defense, which was like surprise, surprise. They actually held a team to like, I think what was the point? I think they got held a team to ninety-two points without uh, Trey in the lineup, which is jokes because they're literally allowing like a hundred and twenty. What he plays. Let me just look up the so exact while number. you look that up, yeah. I, I can't wait. The anticipating for me and anyone watching or listening is: mm. Do you still believe? Did you believe? Did I believe? Sorry yeah, they held the Orlando Magic. <laughs> they held the Orlando Magic to 92 points. My goodness, man. Atlanta literally gives up 120 per game. Um, did I believe? I think I believed that if they were able to come in and be a really strong defense, which I think based on their previous personnel was realistic, mm-hmm. um, and got to the league average on offense, that they can be like a slightly above average team. That was what I thought. But then coming into the year, it was very evident that this team was not going to be able to replicate anything that they did defensively in the previous years. To be honest, a lot of games, they just didn't look that prepared or like mm-hmm. they didn't play that together. And of course, we saw the team get dismantled. So once they dismantled the team, first with OG, and I honestly, with the OG trend, I'm like, you know, I kind of low-key, like, there was only like two weeks there, but I'm like, I kind of like this team. You know, like, I was like, oh, you know, they got multiple attackers. They beat Cleveland. They they, they beat, uh, you know, well, they, they competed against Sacramento and beat memphis you know they they got robbed in la and i feel like that game after they got robbed in la just like completely took all the wind out of their sails they lost the rest of the games on that road trip and but still like you know i was like okay maybe if they keep the team together pascal sticks around pascal and scotty were both playing really well at that time and then pascal got moved and i was like all right this is it like definitely yeah. enough for me dog yeah so yeah yeah what? That's, okay. that's when the last little bit of like hope and that does not to me that like i don't hope in the young guys i do like what quickly is doing recently is amazing RJ, I thought he's come in from day one and shown a really good approach. And I love the fact that he gets 10 left-handed layups a game. No, I'm serious. That's, <laughs> RJ Barrett's highlight reel is just, is just right hand, or left-handed layups and, and a couple of dunks in there, too. Um, I love those things. I love seeing Scotty continue to, you know, take his mm-hmm. game to the next level. And quietly, I think he's also balanced himself out where it's like, start of the season, he was scoring a lot because of the three. Three's not dropping for him as much right now, but he's finding other ways to contribute and still score. And this is with him clearly as the definitive number one. That's a huge development. Grady coming on strong. You know, those things are good for me. But, I mean, ultimately, am I at the point where I'm like, I expect this team to win? No. I expect them to just show me development more than anything else. Yeah, I'm so excited for this team. Uh, There was multiple months I was not on the bandwagon to cover them. Some of it was really bad basketball, I'm being honest. Did you have a favorite loss? All of them? No. How dare you ask me oh. to try to relive a favorite loss? Sorry. Did you have a favorite loss? Um, what? That's an interesting question. The Pistons game, I think I was the maddest about. Oh. That I, Pistons game was that's nasty. That's still, still too soon to talk about, honestly. It, it's still too soon. They lost that game, by the way, on the heels of a second half. That was second half of a back-to-back. The night before that, they were in mm-hmm. Boston. Mm-hmm. Boston rested Tatum, Porzingis, and Horford. They started mm-hmm. Sam Hauser and Luke Cornett against us. And the Raptors fell down by 20 in the first half. Again, just a complete oh, no show defensively. You're just hurting everyone right now. And then at the very end there, this is OG's last play as a Raptor. He gambles for a steal against Jalen Brown, completely misses it. Jalen Brown gets in the lane, throws a lob to, to Luke Cornett for the game winner. Oh. We got a Luke Cornett game winner against us this year. Yeah. So maybe my hope died a little bit earlier than that. But yeah, it's, and it it's just, been a tough it one. didn't come back a little bit because for me, having Kelly Olynyk, RJ mm-hmm. Barrett, just... Mm-hmm. First time drinking for those listening. 
just drop water all over himself. It's I all good. That slide. It's all good. <laughs> You're so excited to hear about we talk about all the new players because mm. what seven or eight new faces. Mm-hmm. I'm excited for them all. Kelly yeah. Olynyk finally getting on here. R.J. Barrett, like yeah. the potential that they could have. I don't, you know, there could be a right. little run and them building that chemistry. I Huge hope so. fan of That's Bruce Brown. You had yeah. Ochai Abaji on there. Mm-hmm. IQ, like I am. Very excited for the new faces that have been added to the squad and the potential. Like, will they reach it by the time mm. the end of the season is done? I'm not sure. I think that's the big thing, where right? It's like, it, even the, the them winning the last two games, and I think that defensively they really showed up the last two games. Mm-hmm. Even though they gave up 121 to Atlanta, but I thought defensively they did well overall. Um, and Gary had some phenomenal. G- Gary played defense. great defense against yeah. Trey, and I feel like Gary's kind of the loss because he was big on both of these wins. Mm-hmm. But I think for for this team, it's it's the the excitement is about finding. Seeing this group like figure out in real time, okay, how do we win? What plays do we have? What's our rotation? What's our style of play? And I think there's not that same pressure as there was the start of the season. Pressure, yeah. I, the pressure in the sense that like, again, if they lose, I don't like care as much about it. But what I really care about is seeing how they play together and how they try to fight each game. And you're seeing, you know, a new group try to figure that out, and hopefully they get out of those woods. But in the meantime, you know, you're starting sign of with this group and. I'm actually pretty excited to watch them tonight. So we're going to take a break. Been your host, Willow. You've been listening to the Raptors show on the Sportsnet Radio Network, brought to you by Campbell's new Chunky Spicy Soup. When we come back, Lindsay did a great interview with Bruce Brown. So let's Overselling let's, it. Love it. No, I, I actually really enjoyed it. So uh, let's let's hear and watch that interview after this break. Diving deep into Leafs, Raptors, Jays, and NFL, the J.D. Bunkins Podcast. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. I'm your host, Wayne Lou. This is why you got to listen to the show or watch the show live because... You don't get to hear the musical interludes that uh, DJ Derek plays, all right? Because, uh, you know, you'll never walk alone, you know, on these momentous occasions, you know, when you win the coveted uh, Carabao Cup for, I believe, the 10th time now in franchise history, maybe 10 or 13. One of those two, you know, no big deal, most in England. Um, Yeah, you know, you just got to play the official song of uh, Liverpool FC. Congratulations once again. To everyone involved. Yeah, basically, they, they put in, like, a whole bunch of, like, 18-year-olds, and they beat, like, a team that uh, has essentially spent a billion dollars in the final, which is actually hilarious. But uh, no one cares about this. Don't worry. I know. Um, anyway, Lindsay, uh, Lindsay Dunn, who is joining us for the next two days here um, to roast me mostly. Lindsay actually did a great interview, as she always does, um, down at practice with Bruce Brown of the Toronto Raptors. So, Lindsay, before we actually show the clip... What should people expect to see? And, uh, yeah, you know, why did you want to play this? I think that he's not getting enough love. Okay. I don't think a lot of people know about Bruce Brown kind of off the court or even the personality he brings to the court. So this was before All-Star Game that I interviewed him. And just kind of the media and all of the talk surrounding him coming to the Raptors in that trade with Pascal. Mm-hmm. He was traded here, and then I was nervous to interview him even after that because, hey, he probably was going to get traded again, which was yeah, all yeah. the storylines surrounding him. For sure. Well, what? I want him to stay because his personality is so great. Mm-hmm. He brings such a good energy. He's a great basketball player. So I waited until the trade deadline was done, let the dust st- settle, and then when I was interviewing Garrett Temple in the locker room one day, I hear country music blasting like it is blaring and okay. i've never heard country music 
played in the Raptors locker room or an NBA locker room. Like once I heard Jimmy Butler singing it on his own. Right, right. But I've just I was like, this is this is a new take. This is, mm. and I wanted to talk to him a little bit about who Bruce Brown is and what the last month of his life was like. Okay, so without further ado, this is uh, Lindsay's conversation with Bruce Brown. Let's get to know him a little better. What has the last month been like for you? Uh, it's been crazy uh, being traded, um, not knowing I was going to get traded until like a day before. Um, so, it's, I mean, coming to Canada, meet new teammates, uh, new offense, new defensive scheme. So it's, it's been a little hectic. And then the trade deadline, which was more hectic. Yeah, and all the news that was happening there. I know you're in a group chat with Garrett. Garrett yep. Temple tells me that you golfed together yep. and that you beat him. How often were you beating him on the course? Um, we played once, um, but every time we play, I'll probably win. So um, the more we play, the warmer it gets outside, we'll play a lot more, and I'll probably win every time. Okay, I like that confidence. Yeah. I, I believe you. Something else that has developed in the last month that you've been here, last couple of weeks, has been your mustache. And I'll be yeah. honest, I've never got more emails this year than about needing to ask you about it. People want to know what's the inspiration behind it. What do you officially call the style? Um, I don't call it anything. Maybe like the chops or something, but... Uh, I really just just switched it up. I'm usually I go mustache, and I was gonna go mustache again because uh, I had my beard. I shaved it off, but I was like, you know, I've never done this before. Let me uh, let me try it. And how are you feeling about it? I think I like it. Uh, it's very different. Um, I had to get used to it every time I looked in the mirror when I first did it, but I think I think it's fine. Okay, it kind of goes with like the whole cowboy the vibe, vibe. Mm -hmm. the vibe. We know you love country music. Yep. I'll be honest, it's the first time in 10 years, I think actually ever I've heard country music in the Raptors locker room. What is your kind of pre and post playlist? I know you had some Luke Combs on there. Yeah, I'm big Luke Combs, Morgan Wallen, Thomas Rhett, um, Florida Georgia Line, Tyler Hubbard, who was with Florida Georgia Line, who was just split. Um, so I kind of mix it through a lot of people, but I'm big, big Luke Combs and, and Thomas Rhett. Are you trying to get the whole crew into the country music? Like, I also hear you belting it out. So, like, what do you feel your vocal skills are at, too? Vocal skills are not very good. Um, but I try, I guess. Um, some people, like, I think Scotty likes some. Um, Grady likes country. So I try to get more people into it. It's not bad. Garrett likes it, I think, now. And then your pregame fits. I know also conversation. We'll get that in a moment. But yep. I heard that you were learning guitar. Are you still learning how to play guitar? Or are you slaying no, it? No, I kind of, I kind of stopped just because I'm here now. So I got to find a new place to go. Um, I don't have a guitar with me, um, but at some point I will learn. I think you're gonna get a thousand emails from country people in Toronto. Be like, here's a guitar for you. When it comes back to your tunnel fits, how many cowboy hats do you have, and did you bring them to Toronto? I brought three here. Um, like this is excessive. But I have, I think a this total of like one. cowboy hats. Um, when you're not a cowboy. Ten maybe. And then the straight brim, I have like eight or nine, maybe ten. Styling. So. Well, I wanted to give you a welcome to Canada, welcome to Toronto gift, maybe for a potential tunnel fit for you. Yep. So I was wondering if potentially this is something you might rock. I can see. I can see what it's talking about. I don't know if it's a little small, but we, can, we can figure it out. With the stash? Yeehaw, right there. <laughs> no, we can figure it out, though. All right. First off, Lindsay, that was that was hilarious. And I'm, I'm happy we got to know a little bit more about Bruce Brown. Um, Officer Brown, as I like Officer to say. Brown. That stash. Um, what you missed out, again, if you're not watching it, is... You actually walk him through the, the little gift. Why'd you, why'd you decide to give him a little gift at the end there? I brought a tiny little cowboy hat, which I brought here oh. to set, that I could put on Chris Weber, or if you want to rock this at any point. Actually, let's see. I feel like oh, you goodness. might break this. I, um, oh, my God. This is hilarious. This is why you also need to... <laughs> this is as, this is as, as, as far as yeah. you can get. Yeehaw. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
Say the most country thing you think might happen. I'm also nervous for you to even attempt it. Uh, uh, you know, I did have a lot of white roommates in, uh, in, in McMaster. Hold on. What did I say? What did they say? Um, yeah, I'll, I'll pull up to the, the party tonight. I'm real furta. You know furta? No? All right. No? All right. Sorry. Sorry. I'm, I'm not familiar with this culture. Oh, this is amazing. I'm not. Um, giddy up would have been something I would have went giddy with. Up, yeah, yeah uh, giddy up. Yeah, I don't know about that. Saddle one. up, anything. A, what's, what's the place in Waterloo? Phil's. I've been to Phil's once. I did not enjoy it, but <laughs> this is a whole other episode that is going to happen. But oh, yeah, goodness. for those listening, it was a really tiny wow. cowboy hat. And uh-huh. for those that you know, you're in the cowboy community, you could say that or whatever it may mm. be. Like I'm originally from Saskatchewan. I spent a yeah, lot of my sure. summers on farms and all that oh, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Or, you know, somebody that is not a rancher or oh, a cowboy okay. or in a country music group, yeah. to have more than, like, say, two cowboy hats is excessive. Okay. And I thought that was fantastic that he has, what, like, eight, nine, ten. Yeah. And a bunch of flat-brimmed hats. He just loves it. Like, he's originally what's, what's from— a, What's a flat-brim one? Uh, is it just, like, instead of it, like, going up on the sides, it's, yeah, it's, it's just straight all the way straight through? Straight all the way around, oh, okay. like a giant— I've seen DeAndre Jordan wear those. You know what? I'll bring one tomorrow to see if it'll fit on your head, and we'll see how it goes. <laughs> wow. Because my husband's in a country music band called yeah. The Holy Gamblers, and he has both styles that we uh, can try to get you to rock tomorrow. And then you can work on your country lingo so that right. when you talk to Bruce, you know what? That's a you good homework assignment tomorrow. I'm going to I'm gonna, I'm gonna hit you with a country phrase tomorrow. Ooh. I'm sorry about Furda. I think people, you know. I don't even know what you're saying right now. Like, it's, it's it sounds like voice. you're farting out your mouth. Okay. I know that is not a ladylike thing to say, but what are you saying? <laughs> no, you know, people don't know Furda. All right. I'm also not wow. hip. But yeah, so it was just a tiny cowboy hat. I saw it. It is my dog's. We talked after and he wanted to keep it to give it to his dog. I'm like, no, that's my dog, Sophia's. Oh, wow. I'm giving it back to her. Nice, nice. But, like, he was such a great sport for those that, you know, yeah, yeah. didn't see the interaction. I didn't ask him to put it on. He was just relaxed. It actually yeah. was recorded after they didn't have such a great game the night before. And I just thought it really showed his personality. He's a good person. He has, you know, what they say, chill vibes. He does seem to have good vibes. And Absolutely. one other thing is that he also would like to ride a horse. He has yet to ride a horse. So if this, Is this, know, like, a Jokic influence? or I, You know, and I feel like it is. Yeah. And so he, but you know, Jokic sits in the chariot. He doesn't actually ride the horse itself. Like, does he, he, he wants to be on top Jokic. of the horse. Yeah, like he, I think he wants okay. to be a cowboy. He's always pork belly. That. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, yeah. This is great. Anyways, I can't wait for your cowboy phrase tomorrow. No, I, I can't wait. I'm actually going to set a reminder on my phone during the break so that I come up with something tomorrow. I'm going I'm to surprise you with something because I think last time you. You introduced the phrase three sheets to the wind, which I, yeah. again, like that for me, it was like, what is that? You know what I mean? And you explained that. Um, it's essentially what, what happens after you drink two Cokes. Um, yeah, I am. So, I have so much energy right now. I'm trying not to like run around the studio dancing. Yeah, you're like, you're like two sheets to the wind right now, but all, all three is, uh, is going to have to wait. But uh, So coming out of that conversation, I actually want to ask you a couple of things because um, I love doing media talk in particular. And I wanted to know, because you, I always really enjoy watching the interviews that you do, whether that's with musicians or with uh, athletes. Obviously, you did some stuff with Scotty and you did with Chris Boucher. They were bowling, mm-hmm. um, five-pin bowling, which, you know, is, is kind of interesting. Um, you know, I see you interview the Blue Jays. You just came back from spring training. Like, you're literally everywhere. The Leafs, you're going to go there tomorrow. Um, how do you come up with ideas? Like, where, what, what's your process for, like, okay, I'm going to go talk to Bruce Brown. That's the first idea, and then I'm going to talk to them about these specific subjects. Like, walk me through your process. 
Well, I do want to talk to them a lot about basketball. And yeah. then I figured everybody in the world is asking them a lot of the same questions. And I just kind mm -hmm. of want to know what makes them tick. Same thing for you. Like, mm -hmm. what is making you happy outside of your job or mm -hmm. keeps you going? And My scooter. Yeah, your scooter. I and talking scooter. to Masai, scooting around. Best time ever. <laughs> My guy. <laughs> and Bruce, when I heard that country music playing in the locker room, it was just, it was so foreign for me mm -hmm. to hear it in there. And he was just loving it, singing Luke Combs. Like, what? Were the teammates loving it? Like No. Oh, okay, good. They were not. They were not loving it. I asked, I was interviewing Garrett Temple, and the uh -huh. audio was so loud of Bruce singing over it yeah, that yeah. I'm like, I can't use this. And I asked Garrett, like, what's happening here? Do you like this? He's like, well, some of the lyrics aren't bad if you really listen to it. And then in my mind, I'm like, the ones where they're not singing about trucks or dirt roads and all the stereotypical country songs, right. I can agree with. But in that moment, I was like, I need to talk to him. I just saw the energy that he brought and mm -hmm. kind of the people around him, how they reacted to him. And then I saw months before that from the Indiana Pacers social account, him rocking the overalls with no shirt underneath, cowboy boots and a cowboy hat. Yeah. Like, who is this? This is hilarious because he's got his own personality and mm -hmm. I'm all for people doing that. And that's just kind of where it went from there. And then sometimes my mind gives me crazy thoughts. I'm like, I'm going to ask this and let's see how it goes. Honestly, there... It Sometimes the best question you ask is when you give in to the crazy thoughts in the back of your brain. I, I do feel like, because like, like for this, you know, podcast audience, for example, it's like when I ask Yuta, like, yo, do you want to get ramen with me? Because we're both Asian. And <laughs> like, that's a crazy thought I had in the back of my mind. And I just said it to him and it became a running joke. And we have still yet to do that. But um, still time. So I think there's a question here, which is. Why how do, do they let me do it? No, no, no. But how do you get players to open up to you like how, you know you, you mentioned that like you see the personality but I think a lot of times when athletes get interviewed they don't feel as comfortable or they just aren't as willing to share their personality and of course you can't force them to do that and I'm sure you know there are some bricks in your catalog but in general like when I, when I when I watch them like every single person you're talking to is engaged and, and actually showcasing a bit of themselves when I watch them I get a better sense of their vibe or where they come from so, yeah, what is your process for getting players to open up to you? Give them gifts. I'm kidding. That was the first that's time. That's actually I, not a bad that's idea, That's the first though. time I've handed it over, and yeah. it was just a, kind of an impromptu last Well, you already gave me thing, gifts, so too. This is, I'm putting it on top of my Pacers scarf now. Yes. Yeah. No, you, you don't get to keep that hat again. If I don't give it to Bruce Brown, you don't get to keep it. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, thanks for saying that. I don't know how to answer that or what to say. I I don't know because I don't want to insult people that do interviews to say that they're not engaged when they're talking to somebody. I think sometimes it's just they're happy. I, I'm sure like when you ask them questions that are not about the sport, they just will open up usually. Yeah, I think that is true. Maybe that's it. And sometimes, don't talk to them about work as much. Yeah. And I will like I sprinkle work questions in there. Sure, and yeah, like yeah. either I start with it, I'll go in the middle or at the end if they had like an absolute dog poo game. I, <laughs> I, le I leave that for them. See, censored myself. You don't need to bleep me on here. <laughs> no, that's, that's not my job. That's Derek's job. Uh, and he's also DJ Derek. But I, I don't know. Thanks for saying that. That's yeah. a terrible answer that I'm giving you. But I, I, I don't know. I just really enjoy. Uh -huh. I think sometimes they appreciate, which I know you do a lot, like deep research. Like even mm -hmm. if like, oh, country yeah. music doesn't seem like a lot. Like I did a lot of research before the interview. A lot of it I cut out because we don't need to hear me talk to Bruce for like 97 minutes. But yeah. And then sometimes it's just mm. some players are more open to opening up about life away from the game. Absolutely. I think especially um, for the NBA players that have come through Toronto that I've less the majority of my interviews. But like I noticed that like basically from like 24, 25 onwards, they've been in the league. They got a second contract. They open up a lot more, mm -hmm. and they're much more willing to showcase who they are. 
sometimes you can't force it with some of these younger guys. They're just walking around anxious all the time. Yeah. And it's like, that's not probably not going to be that great of an interview, but it's like, that's up to you to know the behind the scenes of like who to go to and things like that. So Bruce obviously is a great, great guy to go to. Um, this is a question that you wanted me to ask you, but related to this, what's the worst question you've ever asked in a press conference? Well, it's not the worst question I've ever asked, which I've asked a lot of dumb questions that you've okay. been witness to. I don't um, know if I have, to be honest. You, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. you got some good questions. No, there's one that it still just makes me sweat because it was so cringy. I had to ask the former head coach of the Toronto Raptors at a coaching uh, clinic. I was like, who is your inspiration? As a coach, like it was just so cheesy, and it's oh. just because I needed a clip and I wanted to vomit asking that. Which, like, what, what, what did, uh, what did this person? What did I don't say? even remember? Because <laughs> when they were answering, like, oh, my skin is crawling. Okay. Like, and I know All that right. doesn't sound that bad, but in the moment, like, they're peppering him about different questions. Yeah, and actually, I, I remember this one. Yeah, I, actually, I, I was, was there for that. I was yeah. so, and like one of the other media members, Mike Ganter, who's a doll, mm. grilled me about That's it. I'm like, you absolutely should grill me for asking that question. Mm. It was so uncomfortable, but. This happened at NBA All-Star Weekend. For those who, you know, never watched some of the media scrums or seen any yeah. behind-the-scene footage, it is a free-for-all. It is a circus. It is a it's zoo. It's like a convention, right? Like, they all sit at their desks uh. and then people just walk up and roll up. Yeah, and, yeah. like, the desk, they're sitting up here. Mm -hmm. There's, like, at least a two- to three-foot gap between you and the people Oh, there's, speaking. like, a moat? And then, yeah, a moat. <laughs> they sit in a castle and there's a and moat then, around And then, yeah, they have them. the okay. guards who are the PR guards walking yeah. around and be like, you cannot get in here. Bill's just, like, putting on a stink face, like, don't you dare ask a follow-up question. <laughs> uh -huh. Oh, I felt for Phil for this one because it involves Scotty Barnes. And so, yeah. and then you're okay. in front of, like, a barricade and you're just like, hello, can you please try to hear me ask a question? And in general, like, this is me yelling. I'm yeah. a very soft-spoken person, which sucks for this industry. Uh, but, so Scotty's at the podium. I uh, can't remember who's to the left. I think to the right might have been Tyrese Maxey. And mm. there's a bunch of media everywhere. Like, it was so crazy. There was a girl on someone's shoulders trying to ask questions to one of the players. It's okay. a free-for-all. It, it certainly sounds like it. Yeah, I'm like, and I don't mind. Like, it's, I, I, it's, I now I understand why the mode is there, actually. Yeah. I'm happy they had this. Yeah, yeah, and it's just for the media day portion. Post-game, it's not that way. They sit at a table, and it's also very weird. But so Scotty's there. He's answering questions. We're just asking, like, hey, you know, it's your first All-Star game mm -hmm. participation as a player. Like, how are you feeling? This guy rolls in with his iPhone. He's like, Scotty, what historical figure would you like to see play in the NBA? That is the worst question. It didn't mean athlete. Like, oh, any what? historical figure. You're like, yo, you would you want to run a pick and roll with Abe Lincoln? Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> okay. No matter who he oh, would have yeah. said, he would have been canceled. It would have been the wrong uh, answer. Like, well, you think of some names yeah. he could have put out there and I mean, or panicked know. answered with something. Yeah. And you're like, what historical figure do you want to see in the NBA? And yeah. it's just, honestly, I hate that question so much. He clearly mm. didn't have an answer. But I was going to say, yeah. did he have an answer? He said, oh, I don't know. Yeah. Which yeah. Scotty answers a lot too, but right. I just remember it like I broke out into. A I mean, sweat. what are you supposed to say? What are you supposed yeah. to say that you don't? You're not going to get canceled for saying a certain name. Mm -hmm. Well, I think this is the. I mean, uh, obviously, there's totally different levels of abuse. access. Yeah. No, exactly right. But like a lot of people roll up to these these athletes, and because they're really famous, they almost like they got a very short opportunity to talk to them. You like shock them in a way, and that yeah. that is one approach I've seen a lot happen. Right, a guy pulls up and just like shocks you, and you know whatever response comes out of that is something that can, like, become content. And whatever, maybe the success of content isn't how much people enjoy it, it's just how much people share it, which is a problem onto itself. But, like, that's totally different level of access. So, like, you talked to Bruce Brown, got to know him a little bit, got the audience know him a little bit, and then at the very end, he put on a little hat. Yeah. <laughs> like He looked great in the hat, and I hope he wears it for a tunnel fit. I'll let him borrow it. Um, 
<laughs> you, I thought he rocked it. You can't just it. let him have this hat. Where'd you even get this hat, man? It's from a pet store in Liberty Village in Toronto, I everyone. I think you could get this again. I'm not I can. You know what? I'll bring it back. I'll put it in his locker yeah. stall and be like, is sorry, this, this is... dog hair on this? Probably. Put this on my head? Okay, all right. Maybe that's your hair. You just uh, don't know about I, it? I don't think so, but... but I, I just thought that was a wild question. I understand yeah, yeah. it's for no, the reason that, and yeah. you may think I'm overselling it, but it's just the setting that it was in. It was so mm. inappropriate and weird, and, like, there was just no way for anyone... To answer that question, I think in a way that would have been fine. But it was for the views. Good for them for coming, getting that, yelling at him. But I actually felt bad for him in the moment, which yeah. normally don't. Cause, like, they're professional athletes. They get paid millions of dollars. This is a big part but of But it was job. super uncomfortable. Yeah. No, I think it kind of, not in the exact same way, but Katie had this interaction with fans over the weekend where they were, like, swearing on him. And, mm. you know, he talked about it. And he's like, actually, I don't want these people to be ejected. I want to, like, give them a essentially a human interaction one-on-one -on -one, be like hey don't treat me like this come with come with some more some respect you know what i mean and, and he talked about it in terms of just like these athletes are not like animals in a zoo where you prod them kind of thing like that that is obviously we all know that conceptually but some people don't move that way with their actions and that to me is like whether it's your fan or media whatever a person a person that's just not how two people interact but i like the interaction that you had with bruce so that's how i'm going to pivot towards this break um, been your host, Willow. You've been listening to The Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network, brought to you by Campbell's new Chunky Spicy Soup. When we come back, being in front of the program, Gary Trent Sr. on the program. That's right. Can't wait to check in on what fur coat he's wearing via Zoom. The best Blue Jays show out there, period. Blair and Barker. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Raptors show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. I'm your host, Wayne Blue. Continue to be joined by Lindsay Dunn. Uh, what should I intro you as for tomorrow? Lynn Sanity. Lynn Sanity. <laughs> okay. Can you? Lynn Sanity. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 2.0. Right. All right. All right. All right. I've reached Adam my prime Sanity. right now. So Lynn Sanity 2.0. Yeah. Um, wow. Okay. I will definitely do that for the next break and beyond because you'll be back tomorrow as well. Um, we are working to get Gary Trent Sr. on the line. But in the meantime, Lindsay, what are you up to these days? You know, because one of my favorite games is just like, uh, where in the world is Lindsay Dunn? And last week, let's say you were in uh, Dunedin, yeah. Florida, yeah. for the Toronto Blue Jays. Um, they are coming back, I suppose. I don't know. It's February. Yeah, spring training. Fe and so they're in spring training Grapefruit League games this right now. Spring. This is winter, man. What I know. Whoa, spring? it was spring there. Let me tell you, first world, savings right now. first world problem alert happened oh, okay. to me when I was there. So yeah. this was my first time ever covering Blue Jay spring training, which was mm. a highlight. Like, I was just full yeah. on in nerd heaven. You, you got such a great tan. You know, you know what? Thank you. Yeah. So for those listening who have never seen a photo of me, I am a very naturally fair person. I think that is the appropriate way to say this. Like, fair complexion. I don't know. Okay, yeah. So yeah. one of my coworkers, right. like, I'm such a fair complexion. Their nickname yeah. for me is Casper Spice. Oof. So, yeah, that's yeah. where we're at. Yeah. So we are in Dunedin, and it's They're day They're calling you White Spice like salt yeah. and pepper. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Oh, yeah, because I'm translucent half the time, and they can't yeah, find me. I'm white, me. you know? Yeah. I'm white. Yeah. W-H-I-T. That's me. Uh, <laughs> Derek probably has a good reason to play that drop. I know he's grinning upstairs. <laughs> You're welcome, <man>. Derek. <laughs> DJ Derek. Uh -huh. So... Spring training, like I wear sunscreen all year round because I all will, year round. I will burn what? 
with the reflection off the sun to the snow, it has happened. So I'm at spring training, and it's right. 20 degrees right. the first day, and I blathered nice. it on, and I'm outside talking to, I think, like, I think it was Justin Turner. And then mm. later, one of the security guards were like, oh, your legs. I'm like, what, what, what's happening? They're like, you burnt the back of your legs. Oh, my. Who put sunscreen behind their knees? Not me. Didn't know that was a thing. But I can yeah. tell you I'm in pain right now because to bend my legs, to walk, to do anything, like, they are red hot burnt. Wow. And they burnt my scalp. So when I was showering today, <laughs> okay, when what? I was showering today, I was it's yelling not, like, I have these problems, wow. but really I was swearing. I can't say what words I was saying when I was showering. Cause like the water hurt to brush my hair was oh my like, God. Oh, I'm so, so sorry. Pa- no, it was like first world problems. It was That's awesome. That's not first world problems. This is, I did yeah. not know to put it here and then on the back of my legs. But other Wait, than how that. How do you even put sunscreen on your, on your hair? Like, like there's a spray, so like just basically the spray sunscreen. I usually will put it on my head and my ears and that because yo, that's, that's what happens wild. when you're Casper the ghost. That's wild. Wow. But yeah, I mean, it was fun. I, I, so I was there last week, and then at uh-huh. the beginning of the week, I was in Indiana, and I had such fun traveling to all these places. Please don't tell me you put on sunscreen in Indiana. I thought about it. No, it was cold. I didn't even bring a winter <laughs> coat, and I jinxed okay, them good. to the people of Indiana. I am sorry because uh-huh. when I landed, it was like, oh, they don't have snow here. I love this state <laughs> one hour later the best snowstorm they've had all flipping winter yeah i don't have a winter coat mm-hmm. and i'm running around trying to go to different places i'm like this is awful but also awesome because i was covering all-star yeah. but every single i was working with alvin from sports and he was a camera nice. operator and the whole time like this is the coldest day of my life mm. but i'm having so much fun so what is like the um, ideal conditions for you like uh, to 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 exist Oh, thank you. Well, let me tell you. If it's not 20 degrees in sunshine or it's not... 34 uh, is ideal for me. In sunshine, no breeze. I love sunshine. 34. 34 degrees. Yeah, and very specific. 34 or higher. Like, I love Vegas Summer League. I know so many people hate it. Oh, you like the dry heat. Okay, yeah. Actually, I don't mind that. Uh, in like Florida and that there's a lot more moisture in the air so I don't mm-hmm. care if it's 34 or higher. Like, I'm naturally nasty. curly hair so like I'm a mess when that happens mm-hmm. but I'm here for it. Anything below like 27, I'm like, this is cold, which below I'll tell you, yeah, my, my husband God. does not yeah. hate me, but hates me because the thermostat in our place, yeah. I try to like get it up to 30. Yo, what? But if we don't have Gary Trent Sr., I'm going to take this time to do a mad beef with <laughs> no, my husband right ahead. now. Gary, you know what? Honestly, Gary, take your time, man. Gary, take your time because we're going to just let me publicly yell at my husband because that's what we need here. to Let's do. Go. You ready for it? Let's go. So I was on the road for nine days. Mm-hmm. Leading up to it was crazy. I had a couple 905 sideline games. Yep. We had Raptors games. Everything was crazy. Mm-hmm. At Indiana, like, I was working all day, all night, blah, 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 blah. Pascal returned. Then yeah. you went to All-Star. It was, it was then you went to Dunedin. a lot of work, which I love. No complaints. Dunedin, mm-hmm. it was work all day, every day. Loved it. But I fly back Saturday. My husband's in the country band, The Holy Gamblers. They had mm-hmm. a show with... Uh, Taylor Wallace and Ian James Bain at the Cameron House. Bruce Mash should go, go, should go you know, see the show. You know, he should. I told him he can guest feature on their next album. Guest feature? Yeah. Okay, that's that's generous. It, it Only was. keeps that mustache, let's be honest. Yeah. And, yeah, it, that stash is, it's it's already gone, thankfully. Oh. He, he trimmed a little bit, so it's not so great. But we'll get to it in a moment because I think I need to spare everyone about me yelling at my husband. I'd rather talk to Gary Trent Sr. We do have Gary Trent Sr. on the line. Uh, Gary... <laughs> Welcome back to the program, Gary. So a few program changes today. Uh, my guy Alex, you know, the other Asian guy on this show, has unfortunately moved on. Um, and so I have another Raptors reporter, Lindsey Dunn. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah. So this your new partner now? He's gone? Yeah, he's he's yeah he's he's out of the picture. I know this is a this a this a this a question for a lot of people, and I, and he has yet to announce what he's going to do next. 
out of respect to him, we're going to let him make his own announcement, you know, Players Tribune, okay, okay. you know what I mean, my next chapter. Yeah. Uh, but no, yeah. in the meantime, you know, I, I got a couple people in. filling in. So Lindsay Dunn is, is, is a reporter here in Toronto. And, um, yeah, she's helping with the show today. Lindsay, there was a question you want to ask. Coach. I could have filled in, but go ahead. Oh. There's still time. You come to Toronto, time. you are filling in, I promise. <laughs> uh, I have actually wanted to ask this because you are a champ coach. I think one of your teams is 21-0. and 0. You just recently had a big victory for the tournament. Can you take me through that W? Okay, well, you know, I've been coaching. Uh, you know, I have four boys. And my two youngest sons, I coach them in basketball. And I, we've been having a team since first grade. So, you know, um, as a matter of fact, my last loss was in fourth grade. I lost in the wow. state championship game against my former teammate, Troy Hudson. And uh, that mm -hmm. was the last time I lost in fourth grade. So come fifth grade, we went 29-0. and 0. We won the state championship. Right now we're in sixth grade. And we were 21 and 0 until this past tournament. We won four this weekend, so now we're 25 and 0. Okay. And uh, we have the state championship coming up this weekend, so we're the number one seed. Hopefully, we should end up 29 and 0 again. Um, you know, my kids been playing outstanding defense. Like, like I like I told them, we haven't shown up with any new offensive plays, and you guys haven't shown up with any new moves. The difference is. When we win a game by five or by 30 is the effort, the defensive effort. And defensively right now, we are clicking on cylinders. We have we took the number two team in the state and held them to 10 points in the second half last what? week. So, Whoa. yeah, they had 10 points in the second half. So we have stepped it up defensively. Our defensive communication is so beautiful. And to be honest, that's something the Raptors need. I was gonna say we need you down here right now, man. <laughs> Defensively, that's been the you big need issue all season. Get on there. No, uh, to be honest, not just the Raptors though. But yeah. I'm saying any team that is successful, yeah, you have to have defensive communication. You have to be alerting guys. You know, like I tell my kids, you can discourage a guy from a move if, 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 if you're guarding the guy one on one with the ball, but I'm your help side, and the guy with the ball keeps hearing me say, "I got your help baseline. I got your help baseline." It's kind of like, well, I can't go baseline because I'm discouraging mm. this kid. Yeah. And then the guy on the elbow is saying, I got your help middle. I got your help middle. Mm. The kid will probably take a couple dribbles and swing it because he feels like he's heard verbally all his options are taken away. Yeah. Even if they aren't taken away, we're screaming it that they are. Even the guys that can't guard him, if you're still screaming it, he might buy into it and, he, and he's discouraged. Yeah. No, I, I feel like, look, defensively, the, a lot of the conversation this year has just been like, We've seen games, like, no no overtime, nothing. It was, like, Atlanta versus uh, Indiana, and the total score was, like, 200. Or it was, like, 300 points. It was, like, Atlanta lost a game scoring 150 this year in regulation, yeah. you know? We've seen, obviously, the All-Star game, 211. Yeah, like, what, what happened to defense in the league? Like, is this, like, what are some of the factors that led to these scores getting this inflated in the league right now? I truly believe that... If you look at soccer players, they do all that fake flopping like something really happened to them. Mm. A lot of Divac and a lot of the foreign players came over here with that weak flopping action, snapping their neck all hard and doing the flopping. You remember when Divac first started flopping on Shaq? Mm. A lot of the European players could not survive in the 80s and 90s due to the physicality. If you notice, we're at an all-time high in European players and we're at an all-time high in soft D. Um, the rules have changed. When I played basketball, if a guy flashed through the paint, 
you put your forearm out, you met him, and you mm. didn't let him just flash in front of you. It was called chesting the cutter. Mm. That's been a basketball terminology for many a moons. Now, when I came back and I was coaching in the NBA, the new rule was it's called impeding the offensive player's progress. So that means I can let this guy go where he want. He can cut where he want. He can duck in where he want. Mm. Imagine if you they considered impeding Shaq. So that means when Shaq go to dunk in, duck in two feet in front of the basket, oh, you're not allowed to meet him nah, because you we're out. impeding him. Yeah. So that's why the scores are inflated because the defense have been forced to be softer. As time has went on, when I came into the league, you would hear all the old heads complain about, oh, the hand check rule is gone. The hand check rule is gone. So they got, that was a, to them, like all the guys in the eighties and early nineties, they looked at us as, oh, it's soft. They took the hand check away. Now, we're looking at it like the hand check is gone and we got to let a guy cut anywhere. Mm. It's at an all-time pillow fight high, man. Yeah. You know what? Honestly, <laughs> I, I can't I can't disagree with some of those points. I, I will have to say, though, it's not just Europeans flopping in the league now. I feel like everybody added everybody that to their game. Everybody flopping in the league. I the had game. to tell my son stop that shenanigans. <laughs> oh, yeah? You know what I'm saying? I, yo, Gary but, got a flop. Uh, he, he got he got fined he for a flop earlier this year. Man, he did a flop a couple years ago when he was diving out the air. I'm like, son, stop, stop. You know? Good, good. But good. the thing is, it's just uh, it's a league-wide thing now. I'm not just attacking European players. I'm not yeah. getting on my son about them shenanigans. But mm. due to the fact of, if you look at it, it's like I've never heard them say impeding the offensive player's progress. Well, if I got to let a guy cut wherever That's what he defense wants, is. Yeah, exactly. I'm not. I'm allowed. You know what they want? I'm allowed to play tough on-ball defense. But as far as movement without the ball and all that, you know, and they, I don't. That's why I can't understand where all these fights are coming from. How is it less physical but more fight? It ain't really more fight. It's a lot more arguing. Mm. You know, in our era, all that arguing, dude. We meet in the tunnel. I come in the locker room, or we yep. meet at a club. All this, all this arguments. Like people argue because it looks tough. But if you stepped out the way and said, y'all go ahead at it, I promise you 90% of them arguments will be done. Mm. They're arguing because I have the referees, I have the league, I have the fans, I have all this in place to protect me. So it's like uh, a guy slapping the glass at the zoo teasing a lion mm. because he's behind the glass, mm. you know? Mm. No, I, I feel like no matter what, no. even if we, we plan to talk <laughs> to you about it, man, this, we always talk about uh, But it's true, though. We always talk about NBA fights when you're on, man, because, you know, there was a recent one, right? <laughs> If there's anyone I've wanted to ask this question to, it's you. We saw the Miami Heat kind of suspensions come out. But Gary Trent Sr., I want to know, is there somebody when you were playing that you just did not have the chance to get to that argument with away from there because they were so annoying? I had a guy that I bounty hunted for so many years, <laughs> but I would never see this guy at a club. No, you got to clarify, man. What, what are you when talking I about, man? To- Listen, Danielle Marshall. Oh, a Raptor legend, bro. What do you mean? Listen, what? I look what for the listen. What happened? If I would have caught that guy, I was going to jail. I was I literally no. I could come to whatever city he played for. I would ask teammates, are he out? Is he out? Where does uh, he go? What restaurants you? Okay. I was I had a bounty on him until I could catch him. I tried to take him out one time in the game, and uh he he and I got I got fined. Uh, we were up playing Golden State when he was with Golden State. I think we were up 25, and it might have been like 30 seconds left. Mm. And I tried to, like, when he went up, I came with no intention for the ball. I really was trying to flip him in the air. Mm. And uh, NBA security called and was like, hey, do you guys have anything going on? I'm like, nah, it was just a hard foul. <laughs> but I, I've done no for so many years. 
I'm a I'm a person that won't let nothing go really, yeah. especially when you respect me. And I met him in college at this thing for the Boston Celtics. Okay. It was at Brandeis University. Now I came from a small school, Ohio University. So we were playing basketball. Like they invite all these potential pro players out to this basketball camp. And I was like enamored that, wow, the Boston Celtics found me and like they get a sneak peek at me. Like, mm-hmm. you know, nobody had came pro from the MAC conference since Ron Harper in 84. So yeah, yeah. for them to be giving me a look, I'm like, wow, this is a real opportunity. So when I get there, you know, this is what Danielle, the, the, the year before he came out, you know, they were, he was like talking about his arm span and all these things he was doing and yeah, yeah. how he was great in college and whatnot, whatnot. And he was. And, uh, when I got there, dude says in front of all these guys that showed up, like, "Hey, who are you?" I said, "I'm Gary." He's like, "What school you play for?" I'm like, "Ohio University." He's like, "Ohio University? Like, is y'all D one? Like, who are you? Who you play for? Do you even belong here?" Oh. And he said all this me in front of everybody, uh-huh. not knowing that I will get down on your head. But I knew, like, everything in my power. I'm like, if I come here and I break his jaw at the Brandeis camp in front of the Celtics and everything, this will shoot myself, maybe ruin my career. So I never, ever got a chance to put that punk in his place about disrespecting me like that. So for my whole career, I bounty hunted him. Mm. And the moment I would have found him was the moment I was going to knock every tooth out of his mouth. And I never found him to this day. Mm. Brian Shaw had a great story about him checking in the game. I'm not going to put it out there. You're going to have to bring Brian Shaw on the show. Oh, okay. And let him check right. Brian. Listen, I started working with Brian over the last few years because my son was going to the Nike camp. And when I was going to the Nike camps, me and Brian was sitting at dinner one time, and he told me a, a funny story about dude. But I'm going to let Brian tell it because he told it better. All right. But, yeah, that was the, that was the one person that if I ever saw him, I probably would have, uh, what they put, they, they they called the police on that fight in Detroit. They would have <laughs> had to call the police on me. If I would have ran into him at a restaurant, oh, oh, man. It, was the, it was up. No, if you, I would have ran into him at a restaurant, it was, I don't care who, he could have been with his mama, his girl, his kids. Oh, it come was on. green light, and I didn't care who he was with. Wow. And that's how I was going to get out on him. I never saw him nowhere. And I, I mean, I would come to town, I would come to the club in sweatpants looking for him. I wouldn't even <laughs> nah, put no you, you come to the club in sweatpants, no you know, you know, you know, you're no not there for the shoes. reason. You're not there to dance. <laughs> I wouldn't put no Gucci, no designer. I'm coming to the club in sweatpants. Yeah, yeah. Looking for this guy. Nike tag. I never found him. <laughs> yep. I never found. I, I looked for this guy for ten years. <laughs> I'm so glad you didn't find him, man. <laughs> oh my god. I looked for this guy for ten years. Yo, ten years is wild, man. Damn. Man, if I listen, I could have found that dude the last at not after it could have been nine years and three hundred and fifty-five mm. days, sixty-four days, he was gonna catch it. Mm. So I feel like this kind I'm of, out of that, this, I'm out of that space now though. You are but, out of that know, space, you know. You, I'm out of that space now, but if I see him, yeah, I, I, it might reactivate me. Right. You're but coaching, I'm out of that you're space. coaching kids right now, you know? But um yeah. Yeah. I feel like this type of energy doesn't exist in the league anymore. Like I, I don't even know two no, guys. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. Who would have anything close uh, to this? You right know, now. Draymond. There's a few guys still lingering, like Draymond. You know, Draymond getting away with a lot of that stuff because ain't nobody socked him in the mouth either. Yeah, like, that's true. You know, he, 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 he picking on the right guys, but you got guys soft. You're mm. soft, like Nurkic. You're soft. You're talking about pressing charges over some in the basketball game. He's soft. He need to be somewhere. He's soft. Mm. You don't sit there and. Press no charge over a basketball game. Dude, you seven foot, 200-some pounds. Put Draymond in his place. Don't try to call the cops. Put him in his place. Yeah. He slapped you upside your head. 
hey, Drake Mine, if he had any sense, hey, Drake Mine, here's he can raise money. Me and you are going to do a charity event this summer. We're going to raise money on pay-per-view, and me and you going to fight. Like, there's a way uh, that you no, can you, still you get know, money out of it and still whooping. You know, that's you know the know only time NBA, Adam Silver saying no to money these days if, if, if players want to hey, fight that, each other, man. You know that. Hey, listen. I set up the pay-per-view. We go ahead and fight on TV. Everybody want to see it. And I'm really looking to get even with you. Like, Nurkic uh, could have came with that, but instead he came soft. We, we, need, you on soft. Don, we need you on Donyal as the undercard for that one. <laughs> nah, nah. It ain't going to make it to the... He don't want that. Okay. He don't want that. You know, to be honest, though... Yeah, what's uh, up? If he would have, if he would have ever pulled up on me with a, some acknowledgement, I might have let it go. Yeah. But dude never... He never let it go. But here's Damn. how I got even, though. I got a small little even... So after that summer, the next season, we play in Hawaii at this thing called the Hilo Classic. Okay. And every year, there's this Division II team that always beats a Division I team. It's in Hilo, right? Mm. So Connecticut is in a tournament. We're in a tournament. Now, I'm actually looking for this guy because I'm like, if I catch him on the beach or somewhere <laughs> if in the I open. catch him on the is... beach. Oh, dude, listen. Yeah, I was looking for him in Baywatch. Hawaii because you got to realize, <laughs> this the following season. He, like, did it to me during the summer, and now we're in Hawaii together? Dude, I'm about to drown your ass out here if I find you, man, on the beach. I'm about to drown him. Oh, man. I, so, <laughs> so we ended up playing the Chaminade team. Yeah. They took us to overtime. They're a Division II school. Their assistant coach is scouting us. We're struggling so much with the team, he gets up and leaves the game and don't even finish scouting us. Oh, that's a spec. So we leave the game. We come back. We play Connecticut now. Mm. They're fourth in the country. Mm. We end up playing Connecticut. We end up putting them out the tournament when they were fourth in the nation. And and Coach was so upset at them, them guys weren't allowed to come out. Like, they had to stay at the hotel. Like, they're the the fourth-ranked team in the country. You got a Division II team, us, and another team, and you lose to us. We jumped out on them like 25 to 4. And uh, they never recovered. And uh, we beat them that that night. And uh, I talked to some of the guys on the team. like, man, Coach told us we got to stay at the hotel. was disappointed because they came all the way to (laughs) Hawaii not to lose. This is Connecticut. They're fourth in the country. You got Danielle Marshall, who was arguably could have been number one through five pick. So they weren't supposed to lose. And I actually had 25 and 15 that game and beat those guys. So that was my little get back at that moment. But that really wasn't enough get back for how you disrespected me. Got you. That was basketball related. You disrespected me personally. So me getting back to you even on basketball, Mm. that didn't satisfy my appetite for your skull. You know what, Gary? Why do I get the sense that this isn't the only beef you you hold, man? I feel like... (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I feel like there's other ones, you know, that we could share in this uh, public radio forum. (laughs) No, I really didn't have no more. Okay. Because anybody that I had a problem with, like, I've got into some shoving mats. Uh, Mac, me and Shaq got into a shoving match. It was squash right there, like in that really? moment. Uh, yeah, because bro. So you're shoving basketball. a you're shoving a 400 pound guy. It was just basketball, though. Okay. It wasn't like right. you know it was a basketball moment. It was nothing personal. Dude disrespected me personal off the court. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's different. On personal that's different. life. That's different. It was, had nothing to do with basketball. So when I see you, I'm going to catch you in personal life. Mm-hmm. Anybody that I had something with on the basketball court, once it happened on the court, maybe we met in the tunnel. Yeah, maybe yeah. we met in the locker room. And it was over with. It was over with. I don't. I didn't carry none of that on because that's basketball. Y'all mm-hmm. tough on TNT. Okay, cool. But when you disrespect me in personal life and it's non-basketball related, mm-hmm. you're gonna pay for that. There you go. Um, that's not no pillow fight. I real quick no, follow yeah. up. Where are you going right now? <laughs> Who me? Yeah. 
No, I'm sitting in the car because I was in a restaurant and I wasn't going to be able oh, to hear you. okay, gotcha. So I came out to the car. I, man, I appreciate yeah, it. I came I out to the it. car because I, when I first answered, yeah. I don't have any earpiece or none, so I couldn't hear y'all. Yeah. So I was like, let me go outside. So then I was standing outside and all the traffic, I said, I need to get in the car. Mm-hmm. Got you. Yeah. We appreciate right. it. <laughs> we're we're going to ask you about your son as well. You know, Gary Trent Jr. Uh, had the chance to interview him earlier this year. Seemed to be... Um, at that time, didn't want to talk as much about the Raptors. I think he, he's come on stronger, right? He's back in the starting lineup. He, he, lots of games he's hitting five, six threes. Um, how do you think his son is? Has how do you think your son has adjusted to just this season with the Raptors? A lot of changes, but you know he's still here and he's still doing his thing. I think of all the changes, uh, you know, he's probably went through the most. You know, you came here, you was a starter, you was very acknowledged, you was very uh, they you, you know receptive and warm. You had a lot of love. Then they put you to the bench. Then they bring you back. Like, whenever there's a team change or something within the team, he has to be the sacrificial lamb for that. And uh, it can be disappointing at times. And emotionally, it has worn on him, you know, up and down, coming to the game, not knowing if you're starting, not knowing if you're playing, not knowing if I'm going to play 30 minutes or 15 minutes and things of that nature. Uh, you know, it's it's tough to be somewhere when you're not it, it, like a relationship, right? Because any team that you're with, you have a relationship with the coach, the staff, the front office, the organization. So picture yourself in a relationship in that or with a woman or a man or whatever relationship you're in, and you're not sure if they want you. You're not sure if they're happy with you. You're not sure how they feel about you. You know, today you're hot on me, tomorrow you're cold on me. So, uh, uh, you know, and and, and the, the, the worst part about it is if you show any type of emotion or you show any way that you feel about it, oh, you're unprofessional now. Because you're not allowed to have emotions. You're not allowed to express disappointment. You're not allowed to express being stepped on. So when you have those type of feelings, Monday I'm stepped on, Tuesday I'm hugged, Wednesday everything is good, Thursday uh, we're not sure. Like when you go through all those waves of emotions, my son has been very, very mentally strong and emotionally strong to not erupt, stay professional, and no matter what the situation is, he still comes to work, doesn't gripe, hasn't said anything bad, hasn't done anything negative, hasn't done any uh, conduct to the team type of detriment or things of that nature, but it's a tough business to be in. And like I explained to my son, really past the first four guys on the roster, damn near every roster will have five guys going through what you go through. So this is not just a a, a Gary Trent Jr. thing. This is a league-wide thing. There's a lot of guys on every team that – go through this and that's just how the nature of the business works you know so like i told him you can't take it personal because it's not personal you know just in trying to help him understand well why do they why is this going on why is that going that's just come with the game you know one day when you play 10 minutes on monday and then 30 minutes on wednesday it's like you know people expect you to remain emotionally and mentally consistent when you're being treated inconsistent you you, you just said you have a husband right Imagine if your husband treated you inconsistent, how you're going to be. And imagine not being allowed to say nothing. Imagine not being allowed to acknowledge it or speak on it. You got to stay and keep it to yourself and shut up. <laughs> How's that relationship going to work? <laughs> you already know. I tried to call him out on this show five minutes ago. It wouldn't work exactly. well at all. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, hey. But but, but yeah. that's not just a Raptor thing. That's not just a my yeah. son thing. That's how the business go. I've been in that situation. I've had friends and teammates in that situation. You know, it just makes it tough, though. It makes it tough to function when 
you're when you're not sure of how I'm going to be treated or I'm not sure of what my role is today or I'm not sure of what's going to happen today. But like I said, he stayed very professional. We've had those discussions. He understands what to do. He understands his role. He understands how to be. And that's why you see him staying professional no matter how he's treated over the last three seasons. You've never seen him uh, carry on any differently. You haven't seen him missing practice. You haven't seen him shouting matches with the coaches like guys be doing on the team. He's not into that stuff. Mm. No, he doesn't dodge the media. I see him. And I'm not just saying this because you're on this right now. Anybody that's ever watched yeah. the program I'm on in City News or Sports, and I'm such a huge fan of Gary Trent Jr. for how he handles himself on and off the court. He's always talking to fans. He's not pouting. He puts in the work. So I appreciate this, but I do have a question for you about you were on here mm -hmm. in December talking about the team and you were asked kind of the mindset of the team, if it seemed like they were playing any less selfless. There's been so many changes to this roster. What have you seen in the last month? Is it even possible to kind of get that chemistry and make an adjustment? Uh, you know, it's, 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 it's tough on Darko. It's tough on Darko when you have so many changes and you have so many different voices of input and you're trying to play against teams who are not dealing with what he's dealing with. When you're dealing with teams who don't have all those changes, when you're dealing with teams that have full of chemistry, when you're dealing with teams that are in rhythm like the Bostons in rhythm like the Philadelphia's and teams like that, it's hard on him and his staff because they got to wake up one day and run plays for this guy. Now we got to start all over. They're trying to build around Scotty, but we got to, we got new RJ. We got new quickly. We just got rid of Seattle. So like, I think Darko's whole time there has been all adjusting, you know, so he's never got a chance to really show his true coaching ability and his true skills and what he really can bring as a coach, because he's spending all his time adjusting. He hasn't spent a lot of time putting his stamp on something and running a system he's been spending a lot of his time adjusting a system. So I think once the Raptors get all the pieces in place and then uh, Darko can go ahead and just coach and not have to worry about all those other things, I think the Raptors will be on the up and up. Yeah, I think, honestly, you're, you're absolutely right. Like, it's hard to fully evaluate Darko just on this season alone. He did have a time in the start of the year where it was like, you know, you got to decide how you're going to set up your team because they did have like a 25, 30-game run. With a team that were largely healthy. I know one of the key decisions he made was they started Dennis at, at the point guard, brought Gary off the bench, you know, and I think that I remember asking Darko, like, okay, why does Gary produce less off the bench than versus the starters? And I didn't really get, like, a great answer from that. Maybe I'll just ask you, like, because we've seen, we've seen your son now be as a starter, as a, as a reserve. I feel like, generally speaking, he's a totally different guy, more effective when he starts. But what is the big difference there, do you feel like, uh, in terms of getting the production out of him? Starting versus come out. Uh, when you st the starting role puts you out there at the beginning. You're engaged from jump ball. You're uh, a part of the, the you're part of the whole movement. It's like coming off the bench. We're playing catch up in a sense. You know what I'm saying? Now you're go and as a as a backup, you know that's your role. That's what you got to do. That's the mindset you have to have, and you have to find a way to be successful within that. You know, I spent many years as a backup, so I totally get the. Uh, you know, having to come in and catch up type of thing. I just think if you look at his production versus none, it's a, all about opportunity. Look at the days that he has minutes and look mm -hmm. at the days that he has shots. Of course, there's days where he shoots bad, but everybody does that. But the more consistent in your routine, the more consistent in your role, the more consistent 
that your role is defined for you, the more consistent you are as a player. Mm. Uh, take Steph Curry, right? Start him Monday. Bring him off the bench Wednesday. Uh, give him 30 minutes Friday. Give him 10 minutes Sunday. He ain't going to be Steph Curry. Mm -hmm. There's a certain mental comfort. There's a certain spiritual comfort. There's a certain level of confidence that when you already know I'm going to play this minutes. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. This is what coaches expect of me. This is what coach wants me to do. This is what my team needs. When you can come to the arena in that mindset, you're able to be more productive. Imagine if you went home every day and you had to question yourself before you walked through your door. How's my house going to be? What's going to happen when I get in the house? What's the reception going to be? Is the house going to be hot? Is the house going to be cold? Is there going to be food? Is there not going to be food? Think about your mindset and how inconsistent it's going to be hard for you to maintain that that flat line of focus still, mm. you know, and that's where it's called being mentally tough. Gotcha. And that's where it's called being professional. Got you. Lindsay, you got any more questions? I do have a one because I do want to know your answer to this. I was at the All-Star game and this jabroni reporter, I'm calling him that because when I was playing pool, he went and sat on the pool table because that's He's an idiot. I'm sorry. I'm like, we're playing right now. Move out of the game. So I already have beef with him. But he asked Adam Silver. He asked LeBron. He asked other players who is going to be the new face of the league, which, in my opinion, I'm not you, but I'm like, you Wimby. can't. You can't. You're going with Wemby. Okay. I'm like, I want to know your thought. Wemby. I mean, they're building the whole world around them. Uh, everything that they're doing, all the commercials, all the excitement. I mean, are he's you excited? Like not not even about just the league. I think he's like the next sports phenomenon. Like, okay. if you look at Wimby, like the way they're acknowledging him uh, uh, across the country, across the world, uh, Louis Vuitton he's modeling for. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't think they've ever taken a black male athlete and put them as the face mm -hmm. and sponsored them. I think Wimby is the next face, like, after LeBron. And rightfully so. I'm not going to say he's earned it yet because he's a rookie. But everything that he's doing is to be in place for that level of greatness. And I, I'm telling you, man, in about probably mid-next season, that dude going to be unstoppable, man. You can't stop him. The only thing people can try to do is muscle with him. But once he learns his own strength and learns how to spin off that, all that extra aggressive fighting and all that pushing, man, Wimby about to be a force. He, he, I don't, a force. I don't, he came to Toronto, had yeah, 10 blocks. Like, yeah, 10 blocks, man. That's what I'm saying. He's yeah. about to, like, from year two on, I don't see him not being an all-star starter for, like, the next 15 years or 20 years of his career. Yeah. He just got to stay healthy. All he got to do is stay healthy and keep working. Wimby got Hall of Fame written all over him. And I think from a character standpoint, uh, he seems like a good kid. He seems, you know, very respectful. He, he seems like uh, he's about his business and understanding he doesn't seem immature. I think he understands the magnitude of what he can be to society and to the world. And he's playing it perfect, man. Like mm. you couldn't, you couldn't write a better script for success. And, and all he got to do is follow the dance steps on the floor. And I think everything will fall into place for him. All right, Gary, one last question for you. Cause you're on the go right now. Um, and I've always wanted to ask you this cause we've done a couple interviews already. So everyone knows your son, Gary Trent Jr. All right. You got three other sons, yep. Grayson, uh, Graydon and Gary's son. Take me through the naming yeah. process. Like, obviously, they're all Gary related. How, how did you okay, end up so with, with four sons named Gary, basically? I got Gary. That was me. And then I wanted Gary Jr. 
Yeah. But I didn't want to call my son Junior because that's country. When you're like Junior, Junior, I, I don't know if y'all know, but like that's okay. country. When All you right. hear people say Junior, so it was Gary. It's Gary D. Trent the second. Mm. But we've called him Jr. for so long. Everybody's called him Jr. 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 So it just became like a Gary Junior thing. Okay. Uh, so that was obvious on the Junior side as my first son. Then you have. My son, Garrison, mm -hmm. uh, his name is spelled G-A-R-Y-S-O-N. So when you go to the doctor or dentist office, it looks like Gary's son because mm. it's on paper. It looks like Gary's son. <laughs> and the reason why, because he's Gary's son. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So You want real Nordic with that one. Yeah, yeah, like, like you, yeah, you know how Icelandic people? Yeah. <laughs> all my kids have the same middle name, and we all have the same last name. Okay. So there's Gary's son. Uh -huh. But it's pronounced Garrison. If you if you say it fast, Garrison. it's Garrison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. But it's on paper. It's spelled out Gary Son. G A R Y S O N. But it's mm -hmm. all one word. Mm. So you have that. And since I was running, since there's no other Gary, now yeah. I flipped Grayson to G R A Y S O N. So yeah. he just flipped around the R and A yeah, to yeah. make it Gary. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. he's got Gary in his name. Yeah. And then I got my youngest son, Gray Dunn, uh -huh. who's G R A Y D O N. You just flip the Gary around, just a little tweak, small yeah, yeah. little tweak, and he still got Gary in his name. Gotcha. And that's where all the that's where all the the Gary times four comes from. Yeah. No, it's uh, I love that man. I love Th that. Thank you for entertaining that question. And Gary giving us the quote, <laughs> "All time pillow fight high." That is my highlight. I'm using that yeah. all season long. Thanks for that. Hey, Gary, man, I appreciate you. Anytime you're in the studio, anytime you're in the city, you're co-hosting with me. All right. Thanks, man. Thanks. I don't want to get her fired or none. No, I know you no, gotta bring her on. We got we got three you got the pretty blonde hair, so I know you got to get your female fan base up. We can't have the show full of testosterone. No, you're so right. So you need a little balance on there because it was kind of you know a lot of testosterone. Yeah, representation wise, so it wasn't. No, we could have improved representation wise, but we got three deaths. We we got you anytime you come back in the city. All right, appreciate you. I appreciate that. Appreciate that. All right. He's Gary the best. Gary Trent All time senior, pillow fight high. Bro. That uh, was amazing. Because you, know, you know what? I feel like sometimes I'm like, okay, I don't want to typecast, right? Because we've, we've had discussions a lot about NBA enforcement, let's say, right? And it was, we didn't set it up. <laughs> it just went there. <laughs> and I did not know he had a beef with Danielle Marshall. Damn. Oh, neither did I when yeah, I asked yeah, yeah. the question for the record. I was like, Danielle Marshall, I remember like being a Swiss LA, watching him hit 12 threes against the Sixers. As a kid, like, that was cool. I'm like, real happy they did not meet over that 10-year time span. 10 years is a long time, man. That's, that's, a long like, time. A, that's like a Gollum. <laughs> that's like Gollum chasing a ring type of beef. I like it. No, no, but I, I appreciate, look, I appreciate his thoughts on defense. Yeah. Um, you know, just uh, his perspective on his son. And I think it's the really... emotions, yeah. It's important to clarify that, like, he is not speaking... His son is not speaking through him. He is no, speaking no, as a father yeah. who is obviously very, very involved, yeah. especially with, you know, his son working literally in the same industry, in the same... in, in the league... It's like, that's the frustration. But he is not saying that on behalf of Gary. Gary is not making him no. say that. You could very much tell nobody makes Gary Trent Sr. say anything. No. He's speaking for himself. Yeah. <laughs> but, I, again, I appreciate the perspective. And, you know, I, I think, you know, the, the back of my mind thing, going back to the media topic, was like, back of my mind, I'm like, you think Gary wants to resign in Toronto? And I'm like, why would I set up this man who has given us a lot of time to potentially get quoted in, in, in a way that might be misrepresented? Yeah. So I was just like, I'm not going to ask I'm not going to ask him this question. That's not fair to him in that moment. Because, again, he doesn't speak for his son. If I could, I could just ask Gary that tomorrow. Yeah. You know, or yeah. whenever they come back to Toronto. You're right, because then someone would take that 
misquoted. I, yeah, I just don't think it would be it. fair. That's it's all. not. Yeah. Thank you for not doing that. Well, that I, I don't want to say thank you. I just I appreciate that. But I mean, I just. I, look, I just want to appreciate him coming on. Also, he's so <laughs> funny. The four Gary's thing just kills oh, me. When man. you ask, I'm like, "Thank you for getting him to clarify that, Grayson." He's like, "There's no more Gary's. Garrison. It's time for me to Garrison. remix other Gary names." Yeah, that's that's amazing. He's a legend. He is a legend. He's hilarious. I hope that his food wasn't cold by the time he got back, though, because he yeah. spent he spent a couple minutes with us. Very very entertaining. Very entertaining. Um, I know that was one of the big requests you wanted to make. You also yeah. wanted to request Chris Webber. Yeah, I just think yeah. Gary Trent Sr. is hilarious. I yeah. love his insight on stuff. But Take me through your, 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 your fandom of C-Web. I loved watching Chris Webber play in the NBA. So, like, we're talking, and like, Warriors, Chris Webber. We're talking, uh, we're talking all Kings, of it. Chris Kings, Webber. I have an NBA Jam shirt with him and white chocolate on it. Like, okay. I, yeah, and yeah. also as a person, I think he's great. And he has... A fantastic small career that happened in the music industry. Oh, yes. 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 You explained this once, yeah. As a person, he's always been great to deal with. I loved his style on the court. Mm. I thought he was fun to watch. Like, he was right. during my childhood, and it's a nostalgic thing. And I just think it's interesting. And he now has his, like, own book company where oh, he's yeah, yeah. a book publisher. Wow. Like, well, he's fun. The thing is, we did make the request. And he did and he's say like, it's yes. Girl? No. Unfortunately, he's just on vacation right now. So we just have to bring you back another time. So that you can, you yeah. Know, if I didn't get canceled after that over. last moment, I'm in. Oh, uh, I don't. I don't think that's. I don't think that's the problem. I just hope Derek had the the, the cuss button ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> when he said that, I looked at you like, oh, I've never been uh, on live TV where they said the f word. Uh, try, <laughs> I was like, I'm so sorry. Again, yeah, you. You know what? People think it's easy to do this job. You try to rein in and be like, hey, yeah. Well, you know, things happen. But uh, we appreciate his candor as always, his energy, and uh, yeah, we're gonna take one last break today. I've uh, been your host, Will. You've been listening to The Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network, brought to you by Campbell's new Chunky Spicy Soup. Breaking down the top stories in the NHL every day. The Jeff Merrick Show. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to The Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. I'm your host, Will. Continue to be joined by fill-in co-host, Lindsay Dunn. Lindsay, I got to say, like, performance review-wise, now that we're live on air and you're on the spot, um, you're killing this. So, yeah, you, you are really setting the bar high. Can I come back tomorrow? You are totally allowed to come back tomorrow because I have no other plan if you don't. So, <laughs> yes. please make sure you arrive tomorrow. What's your, so, what's a, what's a day in the life of, of Lindsay Dunn? Like, what, what, what do you have to do tomorrow, for example? Well, tomorrow I'm going to the Leafs morning skate. Mm. Um, some great storylines following them. Then I'm doing a virtual press junket. Uh, about Full Swing Season 2 that will be on Netflix. If you mm. follow golf, there's a lot of storylines there, a lot of hype surrounding that. Then I will be here. After that, I will then go be live from the Leafs game from 5 to 6. Wow. And then at night, I have a couple music interviews that I'll be doing in person. Okay. Uh, and a whole bunch of other stuff I haven't seen in the calendar because I'm trying to go hour by hour. <laughs> How did you even find time to do this 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 humble show? You mean this amazing show that thank you for having me on. And I was supposed to be here three days this week, <laughs> yeah. but the schedule got changed by my work that I couldn't get out of something on yeah, Wednesday. But I love it. This is fun. We're talking hoops. We're yeah. seeing F bombs dropped on air. And oh well. It's been. I'm having a good time. Yeah, it was. It's been a great time, honestly. I, that's what I'm saying. You, you're, you're really like the bar is really high right now. You know what I mean? Like the bar to like co-host the Raptor show right now is real high. Like I feel like my seat is hot right now. No, no, no. You know. So, um, yeah, appreciate Gary once again yeah. for joining the program. Um, there was a story that 
we were working to get Gary connected and he was working to get back into his car. Um, and you were telling a story that uh, you may want to finish. Oh, yeah, which Gary, sweetheart that he is, told me yes. not to finish this story because he oh, says yeah. my husband might not be so sweet on me when I get home, which, like, you're the best for watching out for me. But I have a mad beef with my husband because mm. the last, like, 10 nice. days, we're crazy. We're talking about crazy was. Yeah, yeah. He's in a band that I mentioned, the Holy Gamblers. They had a show, and I said, all I ask is I don't want to be out till 3 a.m. I was traveling all morning, and I had a bunch of work I had to do mm -hmm. Sunday. We get home after 3. I'm in bed by, like, 4 a.m., and I don't know what term I can use, but... What did I say? I was trying to clarify. We can't swear. I can't abbreviate swear words. Mo. Yeah. yeah more fudge. Mo fudge. Yeah. Mother trucker. Yeah. Gets up at nice. 7 a.m. Yeah. 7 a.m. yesterday. Why, though, and like, I don't know. It's the crankiest it's I think I've ever been in my life. So I just want to say I love you, but also you do that again. And Got I you. still love you because I'm not going to do anything. He's is, adorable. Is he watching? Like, is he a He absolutely is fan? watching. No, he's oh. not a sports fan at all. But he is watching. He is watching. Nice. And he's the best and i'm just teasing him because i, I like you what <laughs> i got a sound no. bite <laughs> oh whoa <laughs> yes wow the yes. ghost of alex the lives on and drops <laughs> oh but i tell you man uh, i was so zesty with him i think yeah. like we've been together for more than 10 years nah, it's the zestiest like, i've ever been in my life he makes three almost sleep three hours on a sunday and when they traveled Absolutely. all day and we're on yeah. the road for nine days my Get out of here. But it came yeah, from yeah. Blue Jay Spring Training, which I was just telling you in the break. Yeah, yeah. How was it? I loved it. It was my first time there. I had mm -hmm. so many great interactions with, like, even the security guards there, the fans that were nice, there. Nice, But it's just that optimism of a new season. Oh, yeah, yeah. You believe I, anything in the new season. You're like, oh, oh yeah. man. You know, like, uh, Justin Turner, MVP season. Yeah, sure. Why not? 40 home runs. Yeah, okay. Like, uh, Jordan Romano leading the league in saves. Sure, yeah, why not? You know, like, uh, who are these other Jays pitchers, man? It's Do you say Kikuchi, Cy yeah. Young? Yeah, okay, maybe not, but... We're going to have another gold glove <laughs> season from Kevin Kiermeyer in the outfield. Yeah. Dalton Varsho is going to have a huge year. George yeah. Springer is going to hit a whole bunch of dingers. He's the leadoff batter again. Let's go. It's a lot of excitement, and it just was fun to uh -huh. be around that. And the sun was shining, and just yeah, yeah. everyone was so optimistic. But their playlist, I don't know. People don't say this anymore, but it was whack. I am. Oh, really? It was Wait, hot what are, what, are, what are you talking about? Like the walk-in songs? No, so oh. they have this giant complex, and they'll do, like, warm-ups and stretches sure. before they actually go for the rest of the drills. This is at, yeah. like, 8 a.m. It went from, like, Metallica, Miley Cyrus, to Genuine's Pony. What to, is the vibe of like, this place? Like, it was... So all over the place. I yeah. felt like I was getting whiplash from the music. Like, yeah. And I'm all for any genre. No, any I, know, song. I know, you know, I know. This, but it's yeah. like, what is happening? And I felt like somebody was punking us. Mm. And then like Shania Twain's Man, I Feel Like a Woman sprinkled mm. in there. Classic. Just, Classic. Is that a country song? Is that country? It is a country song. But did okay. you hear him say Junior? That could be your country, you know, a saying for tomorrow. Ju junior? Junior. I, I don't know, man. Okay, you still yeah, have it's, homework. It's, to it's work culturally on. very confusing for me because nobody in China is a junior. I'm pretty sure. Like no one just names her son the same name. I don't think. Like I've never encountered that ever once. But I mean, four sons with the same name. That's even more unique. So I, I'm so glad you asked that. I do not uh, want to say anything more, man. I, want, I do not want to be the next Daniel Marshall. No, that's uh, that's awesome. I hope the Blue Jays hit more than 10 percent in uh, with runners on scoring uh, position. Ooh. Um, you know, this season, and uh, if they do that, maybe combined with their excellent pitching, they'll be good. But I know, uh, yeah, I mean, oh, man. There was a moment I felt 900 years old. I was interviewing David Schneider and Ernie Clement, two of the younger players on the team, and they drive to, Oh, is that the guy with the mustache with yeah, the glasses? Yeah, mustache man. 
on the way to practice. I don't know what's happening. I've had so much Coca-Cola today. But he, they listen to a playlist on the way to training camp, and they end it now with SpongeBob SquarePants. Oh, yeah. Sweet victory. Am I the only one that is not in on the SpongeBob SquarePants greatest hits? Is this a thing? I thought they had like the F is for friends who do stuff together. U is for you and me. And it's for anywhere, anything in the world. But like that's that's Keep one going. song. No, I mean, I was like 10. I didn't know. I was like 12. You know, like you come home from school. School finished at 3.30. You get home. Uh, YTV The Zone is on 4 to 6. You know, Amit's in the corner nodding. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk that talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yu-Gi-Oh was on. Like Pokemon was on. You know, uh, Fairly Odd Parents. You know, and, and SpongeBob. And yeah, so. But I mean, I don't know that song specifically though. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, but yeah. can you sing that song one more time? Uh, we're going to have to uh, <clears throat> take a, a quick detour here because we have to talk about basketball. And it's time now for Between the Lines, brought to you by Bet Rivers. Take a chance. Thank you, Bet Rivers. Uh, the line tonight is Raptors plus six. They are playing the Pacers. Uh, so the line is set at 245 points. Honestly, eh, that's a little low against the Pacers. Uh, I think the Raptors, by the way, did exactly 244 against the Hawks uh, over the weekend. Uh, in terms of injuries, it seems like RJ is not on the injury report, which is good because he's been obviously managing a little bit with that knee injury. Uh, this not being a back-to-back. I think he should be ready to go. Aaron Niesmith apparently is out with an ankle, and Jalen Smith, who wears glasses in the game, kind of looks a little bit like a SpongeBob character, has a questionable decision to, to, to play tonight. He's game-time decision with a back issue. I did see him play last night. Uh, the Pacers were able to beat the Mavericks. Mm-hmm. And... Um, you know, the Pacers obviously a team that we should be fairly familiar with because they got Pascal Siakam. But, Lindsay, what, what's the key matchup for you in this one? Like, you know, what's the matchup you want to see? Is, it, is this Pascal and Scotty again or is yeah, it a different one? I can't help it. I want to see that okay, again yeah, over yeah. and over again to see how they react, fun. how they adjust for each other. Yeah. And I just want to see what Tyrese Halliburton's going to do. Mm. I don't believe he's on the injury list. I don't believe. I don't know what's happening. Yeah, it's not going to have a back-to-back. Who knows? But yeah, I, like, I, I you, hope, you don't know. know, but it was just so yeah. entertaining to watch him during All-Star Weekend and the fan yeah. reaction and just, like, he showed out. And right. I know, like, he was coming back from injury this year and all that other stuff, but just to see how he can impact the game and who's going to stop him. Like, are we... I don't know the matchup with Gary Trent mm-hmm. Jr. Like, just he had such a great defensive game the other they day. They might have to use him again on him again, yeah. Like, I don't know, but definitely Scotty and Pascal. Yeah, for sure. For sure. What I mean, about you? Uh... I, I think probably the same. Like, yeah. what do you want me to be like? Jordan Noir versus like TJ McConnell the coaches, off the bench? Like, coaches against each other to see what's happened. Maybe they'll get fired up. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like um, I feel like Rick Carlisle is really like mellowed out. Yeah, he called me year. a leprechaun last year. I don't know if he mellowed out. Oh, okay. I was wearing all green. It was after St. Patrick's Day. Wow. We got beef. We got to have you on more podcasts so you can tell more of these random stories. This is good. This is good. Rick Carlo called. Yeah, this is awesome. I like Le- that. Wait, Leprechaun Linsanity. Linsanity the Leprechaun? Oh, yeah, right. I, yeah. Got, I, got, I got homework for tomorrow. Um, yeah. I got to come up with a country phrase. I got to introduce you as Linsanity. You know? And get prepared for a pizza party. Yeah, pizza party. You know, we'll, we'll actually talk more about the pizza party thing. But anyway, I, uh, yeah, let's, you know what, let's, let's, let's roll in favor of the pizza party. Raptors, go get that one tonight. It'd be nice because, you know, the Hornets have already won four straight. So the Raptors, at the least you could do is get three. So let's that's Between the Lines brought to you by Bet Reverse. Take a chance. And that does it for us today. I've been your host, Willow. You've been listening to The Raptors Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network brought to you by Campbell's new Chunky Spicy Soup. It's time to get fired up. Make sure you find The Raptor Show wherever you listen to podcasts and subscribe and please rent and review the program. Thanks once again to producer Amit Man, our board producer Derek Brandale, Jennifer Ronick, David says, Jeremanitad for helping us behind the scenes. Big thanks to our guest, Gary Trent Sr. And I suppose Bruce Brown as well, you know, for a great interview with Lindsay Dunn, who 
obviously killed it as a co-host. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow.